All right, well, we are back. It's been a week-ish, and man, uh, there's a lot that just keeps happening these days. So the uh, the biggest of the big is uh, that there's uh, this whole thing with this guy that makes videos on the internet, Russell Brand. He um, got uh, basically shut down. What? Sorry about uh, what? that. That was my 3D printer. Oh, no worries. Uh, he just, pub- it just finished. I'm uh, I'm printing toys for work. Nice. Right on. Oh yeah, I can hear it in the background there. Yeah. But uh, yep. it is a it is a noisy this beta yeah. beta model. Yeah. Well, it happens. Yeah. You can always put a box around it. But anyway, uh, well, thing. yeah. Anyway, speaking of putting boxes around things, uh, I was talking about Russell Brand here, and that's basically what's happened. So. Um, He's been uh, he's had his his uh, monetization pulled from YouTube, uh, from I think it was Facebook, and uh, I don't know if he has monetization through anything else, but there were a couple of immediate statements. Uh, one from Rumble. There might have been some one from somewhere else, but anyway, Rumble said, "Yeah, we're totally against this and don't support it." And shortly thereafter, he said, "Well, I'm gonna be moving the show to Rumble," which he has done. And uh, there was a comment by Mr. Musk wondering why it was that he would choose to go to Rumble when X is a, such a prominent platform of free speech. And, um, well, I won't say that he got ratioed because, well, he didn't. But there were a lot of comments on that post. Bringing up things like the great amnesty that was promised us and, you know... Uh, Lawful but awful, and uh, freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. And, you know these uh, many and varied things said by the uh, WEF executive, Linda, uh, Yaccarino. Well, Linda, the CEO of X now, that who is still, by the way, on the uh, executive board of the WEF. She didn't actually stand down from that position, uh, despite the fact that. Elon had prior to and since stated that the WF were an enemy of various uh, groups, uh, potentially humanity. I can't remember exactly what he said, but you know it was in the vein of, of that sort of thing. So, yes, there's no accounting for people. Uh, but anyway, in that there was, um, there's been a bit of a backlash to Rumble saying that. Uh, you can all go and pound sand. We're not going to demonetize this guy for accusations that haven't even been investigated by anyone until, uh, oh, until they still haven't been investigated. We're still waiting as of publication date for anything to drop. There's talk that maybe someone at Scotland Yard will follow up on these things. But then again, they might not. Who fucking knows? But anyway, uh, Burger King has pulled their ads from uh, the entirety of uh, of the Rumble platform, as well as ASOS and HelloFresh, in the wakes of these allegations against Russell Brand. Which, um, I don't know. It seems, uh, seems a little bit of a concerted effort, especially when we had the... Uh, the letter drop from uh, what I, I can't remember the lady, but she's uh, she works directly with the uh, British Parliament. I 
I cannot for the life of me remember right offhand her uh, department, but she was she's like ahead of one of those uh, big important departments and sends out the things to the people to have them shut stuff down, that sort of thing. So, well, you know the the Russell Brand thing is interesting. So first off, uh, you know if you are more conspiracy mindseted, uh, you know he is he is a voice against the machine, yada yada yada. Um. And all of that is is kind of kind of how I think a lot of people frame it. I think the most interesting conspiracy theory that I heard, and it was definitely a con conspiracy theory, uh, was that um, he had like originated his audience 10, 15 years ago because he knew this oh, was coming up. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. That's that's right that's on par with like the uh the Trump as a criminal agent since the 80s. Yeah, it, it's like okay, I, and I just to that's... just to spell that one out because it is it is so good that it's worth knowing. I think that's a real stretch. Another thing that's kind of interesting is uh when Rumble, I think it was Rumble, uh was directly contacted by the British Parliament to try to pull his stuff. So it was it like, you know, he turned around and basically said, hey, this is the government out to get me. Bullshit. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, and there was, you go. It turns around they had evidence. Uh, Not uh, a wise decision by the uh, British. Dame evidence. Carolyn Dinanage. Uh, chair culture media and sport committee head she uh it, it is it is not a a brilliant choice is really what it comes down to so you know that was that was interesting that was definitely interesting so you uh, do i think I, I don't think there's a conspiracy against russell brand i mean i do think I do think that he is a thorn in the side of a lot of powerful people. And I think being a thorn in the side of a lot of powerful people, uh, they're attempting to milk me to for their own benefit. But I don't think it's this giant conspiracy matrix attack thing. I think that he's just he's anti-left. And right now, this is how anyone who is not hardcore progressive or hardcore leftist gets treated. And, you know, I think I think Tim Pool has actually done a pretty good job talking about it. And that's not to say, like, exposing it because he's not really doing journalism. He's just kind of riffing on what he sees in the news. Um, but one of the things that he points out is that the left are basically little terrorists. And what they do is they threaten your career. Uh, well, uh, let, let me correct you there. Generally, little terrorists, not basically. But anyway, yes, do continue. But the, the, the point is that they turn around and they basically threaten your income, they threaten your status, they threaten your wealth, and they threaten your company. And then, you know, they threaten this ominously in the background with all of these these organizations that are gonna go after your ads. You know, Elon Musk has actually talked about that with the ADL. I think we talked about uh, I think he did he actually choose to sue? I think he chose to sue. He has stated that he is. I I imagine that hasn't started yet because yeah, as yeah, we've discussed be... numerous times, legal proceedings are not a fast process. No, no, anywhere I, in the I, world, I have basically. No, 
it took it took nine months from or six to nine months from the time that he announced he wanted to buy Twitter to them actually closing the deal and him owning Twitter. And that was um, with them trying to force the issue of him buying it. No, that. Yeah, more. that that was with Twitter sitting there and saying, "Yeah, take this giant dumpster fire off our hands, please." The amount of money that you're offering is is stupid. Um. So so like none of this stuff none of this stuff moves fast and uh, i think right now what you're dealing with with russell brand is this is basically what the left does to any prominent personality who comes out and steps out of line and if you dig in there was actually i think there were a couple tiktoks of some women that he also slept with at the time he slept with a lot of women at the time because it turns out if you happen to be a celebrity or you happen to have money it's pretty easy to get tail like women will turn around you're gonna say hey i'm going off to vacation in tahiti for the weekend you want to come be my fuck buddy for the weekend that's all it's gonna be right like there are a lot of women that will sign up for the free vacation in tahiti and getting the shit fucked out of them for a weekend like there that's that's not a bad thing and we can turn around and we can talk about the morality of uh you know short now when it's not tahiti and it's dubai things can be a little well, different I mean, but that's we, we, that's we different talk about and that's a whole that, nother can of worms there is there are legitimate discussions about women's body count but i mean to be honest I, I don't think there's any guy who would turn around and if somebody who was rich and famous offered to fuck the shit out of them and oh yeah by the way it's going to be done in an exotic location yeah okay if your body count's going to go up by one that's a one that you're happily going to add to your body count right it it doesn't it doesn't it's it's not even like it's not even like something i feel bad so so there's a, a few women that came out i think they they did it on tiktok and they did it on instagram and whatnot and and even uh, uh uh twitter and basically what they said is there was a series of reporters who started reaching out to them about russell brand in their time they, they found out that, that russell brand fucked them and they reached out and they said hey you know it was <laughs> Like they, they reached out and they started asking me questions and it was clear that I didn't fit their narrative. And so therefore they weren't interested in my story. And this is one of the things that I think a lot of folks are getting kind of a lot more familiar with, which is narrative shaping, mm-hmm. right? They, they'll take, they'll take a legitimate story, but they'll exhort a legitimate story, but they're going to ignore the 99 other stories on the way. And if you happen to be a celebrity and you happen to be fucking a lot of women, you're going to find one who's going to sit there and and call it rape right that's 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 kind of the thing if, if I, I i mean I, I i really like sex i've talked about that a lot on the show um i i sex and sexual identity is i think a really important part of of humanity and and, and human the human experience I, I think that people should be having sex as much as they possibly can i also think that those they should not be you know just hooking up with random strangers and the reason is that the risk is just overwhelming it's you know two to ten times as much risky for a woman as it is for a man to have random sexual encounters but for a man it's really risky right you don't know who if you turn around and you decide to have a one-night stand you don't know who's on the other side of that one-night stand Right, you you have not gotten to know them to a point where you can say, "Hey, I trust this individual to be okay with the fact that we had sex and walked away, shook hands, and moved on with our lives." Some women are going to look at this as their opportunity, not just to to get a little bit of dick, 
uh, but they're going to look at this as an opportunity to maybe date you. And if that's not what you have going into it, there's going to be some proportion of the women who say, hey, I not only got to have sex, I was looking for a date, but the fact that we didn't actually continue the relationship after the sex is perfectly uh, a perfect example of like he raped me or something like that because I wasn't getting what I wanted, which was a long-term relationship. So you don't know who you're going with, and that's why you shouldn't sit there and have sex with whoever comes across, you know, that that's willing and able, right? It's risky for men, and this is a perfect example of this. But it's also a perfect example of narrative shopping because there was many other women who've come out and said, yeah, you know, he turned around and was very upfront about what he was, what what this was. And I got to go on an exotic vacation, and I took a lot of dick, and that was the way it is. And there's a lot of women who are going to be happy with that, but there was clearly one or probably more than one that wasn't, that was hope, really hoping that they were going to date Russell Brand, that it was going to be a thing, that they were going to be elevated out of their social status and moved into a different social tier, and that didn't happen. And that's probably what we're looking at. Mm, could be, could be. But, uh, I mean, by that same, uh, by that same note, I mean, there's about equal weight that could be thrown behind, you know, they, uh, they got stirred up by media narratives starting to stir. Oh, I'm sure that they did, right? Again, this is, this is an example. One of the problems that you have is, uh, uh I think I've talked about it before with the survivorship bias. I think I've talked about it. Possibly. Uh, and times. So survivorship bias is basically this, this came out of world war two where somebody turned around and looked, they, they, they came up with a map of the most frequently hit uh, uh, locations on planes that landed and, and were recovered. And uh, there was a debate between, the military the military basically came out and said hey we want to reinforce these areas because this is clearly where the planes are getting hit and uh you know the one of the scientists turned around and said no this is a mistake you want to reinforce the areas that uh, aren't getting hit and the reason you want to reinforce the areas that aren't getting hit is because those are the planes that when they take a hit in those regions they aren't coming back they don't survive the return journey that's mm. where you need your shield. Yeah, I think and that's survivorship that. bias. Okay. So yeah. when you start, so when you start talking about things like, hey, a, a a celebrity went and had sex with a lot of women, right? This is and and the media turned around and. I guess went the thing to say about that them. would be that it's not really illustrative of the more overall experience of right, any given exactly. individual. So so if he if he fucked 150 chicks and 100. 20 of them were really okay with that and 39 of them were not the vast majority are really okay with the way the relationship started ended and were were fully cognizant of what was happening and there's this small proportion that were really hoping for something else yeah that's there's some some reason to that certainly so I I think that that's really all it is is they they went some people went looking first some people got pissed off at him right the left as the left is want to do right they get pissed off at everything only on they went looking for a story they figured hey let's me to the shit out of this guy and they did that's all it is 
suppose. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see as it plays out. If it does even play out at all, because there still are not even any actual charges on this, and all but one of the women who've come forward have been completely anonymous. So, that oh, that's Yeah, that's... Like, uh, red flag of red flags. Oh, and speaking of red flags, we've got uh, we've got a couple that have been raised in Texas, because uh, as well, I'm sure you're aware, and I imagine much of our listening audience would be that uh, Ken Paxton was uh, under investigation and then further under trial for um, what was it? some sort of corruption investigation. I can't remember the exact charges. Either way, he was um, found uh, not guilty of that. All 16 charges or counts, however that's all figured. And what we've learned in that time is that um, the Bushes had a lot of uh, a lot of pull in how that was going down. Hmm. Should I should I say pull Bushes and things coming down? Nah, that's that's probably fine. I'm I'm not flying too close to the sun with that one. It's only September 23rd, not the 11th, so it's fine. Anyway, um, after that, um, Dan Patrick has called for a full audit on all taxpayer funds that were spent in the uh, pursuing of this impeachment and calling for a constitutional amendment to prevent it from happening again. Which Wait, so which which impeachment is this? Uh, Ken Paxton, the AG out of Texas. The, oh, yes, yes, yes. The guy that's basically, uh, up until this impeachment began... He was uh, largely spearheading the resistance against the Biden regime. Like any time they'd come up with uh, some new scheme, it's like, well, that's unconstitutional. We can't do that. I mean, they were the one. He was the one that spearheaded the um, the multi-state um, movement against the 2020 election. The one that was like, by not counting the votes the ways that your constitution, your individual state constitutions require you are invalidating the vote of the people of Texas. And to be fair, they had an argument there. But John Roberts threw a fucking hissy fit like an absolute fucking pussy and uh, was literally screaming and crying. And, well, allegedly screaming and crying, according to eyewitness testimony, about uh, not wanting to take the case because there were, quote, riots in the streets. But as we all know, John Roberts is uh, a strong Democrat and would, you know, do that sort of thing. But nonetheless, uh, there was a thought amongst the courts that that should be seen, but John Roberts was a a pussy and wouldn't do it. But uh, that's a story for another day. But yeah, uh, now that um, Ken Paxton is back, uh, what was it, I think two days after uh, the impeachment proceedings were wrapped up, uh, Governor Abbott has said uh, that this is an invasion and has legally declared it as such at the southern border. And I believe this was one or two days after the largest influx of, uh, well, I'm not going to call them migrants. I'm going to say illegal aliens because they're illegal aliens. In, uh, what was it, one day? I think they had 20,000 in a single day. Uh, you know what? I... So the Ken Paxton thing is interesting. I have yet to watch the Tucker Carlson interview. I need to see it. I know I need to see it. I haven't gotten around to it. It's um, very good. 
Is it? It is. Uh, the, the Trump interview was actually not great. I was not impressed with the Trump interview on Tucker Carlson. Like, it's, yeah, he, it's it's okay, basically. I I I will I will honor. Oh no! Did I lose you again? Ah, dang it! Ah, I lost Steve for a second. All right, well, give me just one second while I uh, link over the um, thing so he can check that out. And uh, also, I'll throw that link as well below the uh, Tucker and uh, Ken Paxton interview because it's really quite good. Uh, Paxton's an interesting guy. He's got a lot to say there. Let me get that together for you. Okay, and while we while we wait for our our dear Steve to return, we've got uh, maybe maybe some good news as as it sits right now as a recording. Uh, that being. Saturday night, the uh, 23rd of September, 2023. Right now, there is no continuing resolution. There is no budget bill. There is nothing. U.S. House was uh, wrapped up on Friday. Or was it Thursday? Yeah, sorry. Thursday. With no continuing resolution, no budget, no nothing. So, as of today, we are seven days out from a government shutdown. And, well, I, much, like the, uh, much like the writer's strike out there in California, I support it wholeheartedly. And I absolutely uh, hope that, uh, that they're able to, to get that through. Oh, man, we really did lose him. Well, anyway, I hope they're able to keep that up. You know, until until the until all the good people get all the things that they really need. Ah, oh, goodness. I guess I'm just not meant to have a co-host at the moment. That's okay. He'll be back. With that, we'll just cover a little bit of the other news too. So let's see here. Where were we? All right. What have we got here? We've got the. Um, the Russell Brand thing here. That, uh, let me see. Have we got any other data sources here? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, also, there were, uh, demands sent out by this same, uh, this same Dame Carolyn, uh, this MP, out of this, uh, Culture, Media, and Sport Committee, uh, was sent out to a number of folks. I'll include a link to, uh, undoomed thread on that. It's got rather a bit of links to uh, to share, so that'll be helpful. Because they, uh, they really went all out. And, again, there are no charges as of this time. Uh, they've said that they might begin an investigation, but might? Well, that, that's just a maybe. So, We'll have to see how that plays out. Now, in some other... Uh, hmm, I don't know if it would be related news, but... It's news, and uh, it's convenient to share. That is of an Ibram X. Kennedy. Or Kendi, I guess. Whatever. Ibram X. Kendi. Anyway, 
he's a, a pretty well-known grifter type. Uh, you know, classic lefty grievance grifter type of dude. And what's happened is uh, things have started falling apart at his... Uh, oh, Jesus, what was the name of the thing? I want to say it's the Anti-Racism Institute. Oh, Center for Anti-Racist Research. Okay. Let's see here. All right, got it. I'll go ahead and read his direct quote. Uh, statement on Center for Anti-Racist Anti Research Layoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll read his statement first. Then we'll go into a little bit of detail. A week ago, I had to make the hardest decision of my career and lay off a number of talented and committed staff here. Uh, Try again. Goodness. Him. Get my Ibrahim X. Kennedy uh, energy high here. All right. A week ago, I had to make the hardest decision of my career and lay off a number of talented and committed staff from the BU Center for Anti-Racist Research, C-A-R, to ensure our long-term sustainability and impact. We are doing our best to support our affected colleagues during this difficult time of transition, and we welcome Boston University's inquiry into this center's operation. While CAR is not alone amongst nonprofits working through economic realities and slowing philanthropic giving, my decision to restructure the organization has elicited very strong opinions, not just about the layoffs, but about my management of the organization. I made the decision not out of financial distress, as suggested by some, but to place, but to put in place a new structure that would support the mission of CAR for the long term. You can't see me winking right now, but I'm winking because I know he was winking at that point. Anyway, there will always be people who critique the job of someone else is... Oh, I added an of. My bad. There will always be people who critique the job someone else is doing, but I stand by my decision to take the long view for CAR, especially when racial and social justice organizations are under attack. I am proud of the many accomplishment of CAR's talented... Well, that was fun. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. I was reading off Ibrahim X. Kendi's uh, statement. On, oh uh, please God no! <laughs> yeah, I won't. Put, uh, well, you're back, so I won't put you through it anymore. So, but uh, long and short, there, they're uh, they're coming up a couple of million short, like uh, like a lot of uh, all these organizations kind of have in uh, recent well, and that's memory. that's actually pretty interesting, right? So, so we would love love this to be a, oh yeah, nobody feels that these are worth funding anymore. But another possibility is just that. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of in a position where we don't have that, like the population just doesn't have that much money anymore, and and that's like all signs are kind of pointing towards economic collapse. So, you know, that may be what we're seeing is just this. I don't have a couple extra dollars to throw to BLM. I don't have a couple extra dollars to throw to to Ibram X Kendi's thing. It well, doesn't not necessarily only that, mean. I, I won't disagree with you at all because I personally, I do agree. I don't know if I agree to the same level, but that's neither here nor there. 
I do think that's absolutely a portion, a portion of things. In addition to that, though, I think we add on to that the disillusionment of so many people having seen their money be squandered by these organizations. And then we take in the third factor of uh, folks that not only disillusioned by the squandering, but then some of the folks who were uh, just outright built by these organizations and, you know, found things to be utterly to the opposite of what they were promised. And, you know, when something like that happens, it certainly, uh, well, I mean, it tears the wind right out of your sails, just utterly kills the morale. And, um, well, on that note, you know, look at what happened to Veritas. They got rid of uh, James O'Keefe. Their donations dried up. When he left there, I believe he said uh, just a few days ago that uh, he left them with something like uh, in the area of 9 to $20 million in their coffers for their operating expenses and budget. I mean... That's a that's a hearty sum. And uh, what was it? Just, I think, I want to say two days ago, as of recording, he was served with papers where they're trying to sue him. Having also, the day before, completely shut down operations other than the absolute uh, skeleton staff, which I think included just the executives and legal board. I wonder why they include the legal team. Well, you know, it, it, I don't know. I I just think that that we're probably dealing with the end of a lot of these. It, so my wife my wife tends to be closer to I I'm on the libertarian side of things. Uh, I, I I have been since I it was a long time ago and I that hasn't changed. My wife is probably more tied into like where the normies are, and uh, she's her opinion is that everybody's kind of sick and tired of wokeness. Right? It's it's basically spent. It's spent all of its political capital. It has achieved nothing, and nobody really wants to deal with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's not an inaccurate statement, to be sure. So, you know, I think that's kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got uh, quite legitimately societal tiredness of this bullshit. You know, I mean, people have, they have quite literally had their fill of it, and they really want no more. Then you take into account the people that actually do support it, that are, well, like you say, just tapped out. Then you've got a number of them who are, maybe not tapped out, but, you know, legitimately disillusioned by these organizations and maybe one, say, just their inability to get the job done or two, their uh, seeming uh, grifter nature as opposed to actually trying to get the job done. I mean, there's um, there's really um, any number of factors that you can throw into this it's all just kind of yeah falling apart i, I mean uh, ways. But I the, think... one of the funniest things about this that i am sure you'll get a little bit of a kick out of this is that um the ibram x kennedy thing that happened the day after he won a macarthur genius grant oh really yeah which is just how did he win an a MacArthur Genius Grant. How could he not win a MacArthur Genius Grant? I guess it's true. I guess it's true. 
Barack Obama won a Nobel Prize in what was it the third day of his? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All because uh, he was. Well, anyway, I don't know. I don't know why. They never really went into a whole lot of detail. Huh. Yeah, well, you know, and this is this is one of the things is is I've seen a lot of people say that the Trump broke the system, and I actually oh, the don't system think that's was true. vastly broken beforehand. Well, I don't think the system was bad. I think Obama actually broke the system. Oh, certainly. I well, think... I, I, I'll I'll counter you there. I will say that Obama he took the cracks that were there, and uh, in in some places threw a wedge in them, in others hit them with the largest hammer that he could possibly find. I see. I would actually say that the the system that broke didn't break because he did something. I would argue that the system broke because the people that are supposed to keep power in check just like basically lost. They were so enamored with everything Obama that uh, they didn't do their job. And that caused like when Trump won, Trump was the antithesis of Obama in a lot of ways, right? Obviously, old white guy versus young black guy. Uh, but even beyond that, it, it's policy-wise, his his speech. You know, Obama was a great orator. He was a great orator, and I don't think anybody. You know, I've heard people say, "Well, if you take the take the damn teleprompter away," okay, I get that, but he's still a great fucking orator, right? Um, and and that's you're not going to be able to like change that about him and and then you turn around and you look at trump and trump is not a great order his his oration skills are something along the lines of basically waiting point to point to for for the moments where he puts his foot in his mouth because he's put his foot in his mouth all the freaking time he uh, is kind of good about that he is really good about stepping in dog shit all the time and i've seen people sit there you know tim pool says Oh well, he slipped on a banana peel and did a backflip, and you'll you'll see the folks like um, Scott Adams who will sit there and say he's picking up free money. Yeah, all of those things are true, but oration, like talking about how to talk to other people, Trump basically was an expert in how to fuck fuck the pooch and get caught doing it on camera, and everybody know you're having sex with a dog. Like he is that bad at he was funny and as long as you took a lighthearted approach to trump that was fine but there are people who are just like deadly serious all the time and and he he is not he's not that kind of guy for for people he's 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 just not a not oh, a yeah, very, no, his very public speaking thing like his yeah, whole deal there's it, there's a, there great. is an well no, no no hold on there there's there's an actual element of the comedian to to his whole public persona. There is. There is. Like, he I, is legitimately not 100% serious most of the time. And and I agree with that. I agree with that. But at the same time, he is, you know, he's, you know, it, it is it is problematic for him. And then you talk about Obama, and Obama was just, Obama was the level of order of, of Kennedy. 
he's right up there in that class. He's right up there with Martin Luther King. He's right up there with Kennedy. Yes, he had a good speech writer, but they all have good speech writers. That's not a, a unique statement. Um, so so I think when you when you turn around and start talking about what broke people, people were so enamored with Obama that they lost their sense of reality. And when Trump came in, he basically handed them their sense of reality like with a sledgehammer. And it was rough for people. And so when we start talking about things like uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi doing his stuff and, 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 and all of these others, like this was not the reality. This was not reality. They were in love with an, an idea of politics. And people are sick and tired of that idea of politics. They were really hoping that, hey, we elect a – basically you know, a whole bunch of people sat there and thought, hey, we elect a black guy and we'll prove we're not racist and we're done. And that's not true. What ended up happening was like the hardcore race baiters came out and said, not only did you not sit there and atone for your sins, but yeah, you, you owe us more money and all this other – so people are getting sick and tired of it. They're just, well, they're just tired let of this me, Let me throw something in on top of that though. Because being fair, Barack Obama drove race relations back just in his own term by at least a decade. At least. Bare minimum. When he's, I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, that, And part of the problem is that he weighed in on race relations issues. Mm-hmm. And every time he, and he weighed didn't, in... He didn't just weigh in. He weighed in strongly. Yeah, and he put and his now, finger on, that on is the his scale. That first term. Second term, he stopped doing that, but the damage was done in the first term, right? That the, was the first case. I think the first case was the cop versus the the African studies professor, or whatever the fuck it was. At oh, the, the beer thing? Yeah, like, I'm going to uh, get these guys to have a beer or some shit like that. Yeah, and, and it turned out that the professor, like, this was literally the perfect setup that the left had been waiting for all the time. The cops come in and bust the shit out of a legitimate professor at Harvard. Like, you can't talk about a better uh, racist narrative than that. And then it turns out everything was bunk and that the guy was a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Right? And that was pretty much what happened. And Obama weighed in. And Mm -hmm. this was... And that's this was within the within his first year he weighed in, and all of a sudden we found out in very short order because I think that this is one of the times the body cam was active and everything else that that oh yeah this guy was just a giant piece of shit. I I can't remember I don't remember the circumstances exactly but I just remember it being legitimately like every time they looked into this guy it actually got worse and worse. It was like piece of shit all the way down to the core. Yeah, and then and, the, so and then Obama, I remember that too actually because they looked into the cop and it was like he was he was just your your completely ordinary city cop, not even like yeah. a shitty New York yeah. cop. Just like yeah. your average everyday he was he was care a about guy the community who truly cop. believed in the mission and had no major complaints against him, had never had an investigation had like numerous like had had one of the best records one of the best uh you know social interactions thing and and obama weighed in and it basically like it was so diametrically opposed to the narrative that they were he was hoping for and i get it it's a gut instinct for those folks um 
that it, it blew up in his face. And he weighed in a couple times, and you saw this with Ferguson, and you saw this with all of these other things where it was just failure after failure after failure because he came in believing the race-baiting bullshit. And I think this is one of the problems that, that, that a lot of African Americans and Latinos and the rest face is they, they come in believing this shit. And and then they're they're lionizing. The left has come in and started lionizing and and putting into iconography people like George Floyd, who's a giant human fucking turd. Like, I am sure don't get me wrong, Martin Luther King, not necessarily the best guy. Right, he cheated on his wife all the time. He was he was a constant philanderer, but you know that's not that bad. <laughs> like, yeah, in the, in the I mean, oh, there's there's of, plenty you can actually character flaws, You can actually talk a lot of shit flaws. about Martin Luther King, but uh, like this, this is piddly bad. shit. Like the thing about it is. It's a like lot of people don't realize that it's his own shit. That's his business. Well, not just that. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that went down was very akin to the riots of 2020, like the summer of love, like that, uh, like there was a lot of destruction that was going down during that time period. Yep. And you know, he could have, he could have spoken out against it. He could have, but you know, but that's neither here nor there. That that shit that's that's shit that's done and should have been talked about by our parents. That's you know, we've got much more modern concerns to deal with, like people trying to drive us back into the sixties in race relations again. Like well, uh, I... like like you know, he could have been my son. That that, that line. Oh, uh, about Trayvon Martin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the Trayvon Martin thing was a, a special and unique case of I, – I remember that coming out, and I didn't buy it, right? Like I've definitely – with some of these these uh, police brutality videos and anti-black videos, I've had, I've had my reactionary moments to it. It's something that totally happens. Uh, the Trayvon Martin thing was something that was so blatantly – ridiculous that i you know everybody around me was like how could you you hold these views and i'm like how can you not like <laughs> this guy this guy is is not a nice not a good guy right how can you not hold these views against this like the the case is clearly it was over the top and that that's always what what's a good indicator of, of the reality of things is whether it's over the top or not oh yeah and it was clearly over the top Yeah, utterly and completely blown out. Yep. Uh, you know what was so we I, had the uh, we had the white Hispanic George Zimmerman and the uh, <laughs> the angelic uh, the angelic child in the womb. Yes. Of, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. That was crazy. The pictures they were showing of Trayvon Martin were like when he was eight. Yeah, it's like, here, like here's Trayvon fuck, when he was in uh, when he was in elementary school. Here's a picture of him when uh, when uh, he was being babysit by uh, yeah. by the neighbor down the street. Twenty years. Yeah, ago. man. Like, like what the fuck? It was funny shit. That was that was funny, funny shit. It was, and people uh, people seem to have forgotten so much of this nonsense. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. 
Uh, and then, you know, you add to that, you know, the guy, the same guy saying that we need to get these weapons of war off our street while literally pulling home weapons of war, like Bearcats and MRAPs and literally putting them out on our streets in the hands of city cops and sheriffs and yeah highway yeah, patrols all of that stuff state police and all that yeah and then yeah yeah that was that was something to see that was really something to see it's uh what was it uh oh there's there's just so many quality quality uh Quotes, uh, weapon, yeah, well, it was uh, literally weapons of war do not belong on our streets. While at that very, uh, at that very moment, we've got actual MRAPs that have got, uh, you know, sheriff's department and city police yeah, logos on the side yeah. of them that they paid one dollar to the DOD for. Yeah, that was that was a that, that was, was a, a time. bad look. That was a bad look. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we've got, uh, what, that, that was right around the time of, uh, that, that was pretty close to Bataclan, right? What's Bataclan? Uh, the Bataclan Massacre in Paris at the, uh, show, um, November, I want to say 2015. It was the, um, I want to say it was the Eagles of Death Metal show. And, uh, was, uh, like ISIS fighters got in there with a bunch of, uh, AKs and then killed a bunch of people and then tortured a bunch of people and then kept torturing a bunch of people for like a day and a half until the, uh, I don't remember this at all. Oh yeah. Uh, Bataclan nightclub, uh, Eagles of death metal were playing, uh, set uh, November 13th, 2015. Well, that's that's very sad if that happened. I I, I much no of the reporting of is that the people were uh, all killed right away. Unfortunately, we did learn later on that that was not true. That uh, many people were not killed right away, and as a matter of fact, many many of the people were tortured. Many of them tortured to death by the uh, by the terrorists. Mm. And of course that. That couldn't come out because, you know, we, you know, because you know, there's not a Muslim in the world that would ever do anything wrong at that time. So we can't, you know, we can't say that that would happen. And, hmm, how should we say, in an interesting note since then, we've um, found out that there's a government agency that... Uh, has a very similar function. Let me see if I can find the uh, find the reporting on that. Where did this come out of? I mean, we've we've obviously got the one where the Biden administration was colluding with social media to you know censor people and all that, but that's not the one. Let me see here. Oh oh oh! Uh, let me put a link to for everybody to uh, the James O'Keefe deal where he actually got the uh, subpoena because it's... 
Oh, that was an interesting thing. Did you see that? Ferritas is shutting down for the week. Or shutting down this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the things I covered why I lost you for a minute, basically. I was going over that for everybody. Oh, yeah, that's that's what was it they they turned around and they said James O'Keefe was not Veritas and it apparently that's not true <laughs> yeah what I was yeah that's the thing they uh, I believe I had said when the I believe it was uh, they had either nine or twenty million dollars in their coffers when he got out of there and they burned through it already mm-hmm indeed they did I I mean and and I think the thing is like if I was James O'Keefe as the final thing, I would just buy the name from them and and pay them for to own Project Veritas. And then I would just basically turn around and, ba- you know, redo the whole board thing. But this is this is the thing. Like he, it was his stuff from the start. He was he's a fanatic. He, he is he is a zealot. He's a fanatic. And you cannot you cannot pay enough money to like deal with losing somebody who is committed to that that belief system. Well yeah, yeah, you've got a driven man. You have um fanatics one way to put it. You could also say, you know, he's uh he's a warrior. So I yeah, I I mean, but I think he goes beyond it, right? Like I think he goes beyond Well, he didn't go to a college of war. He went to a college of theater, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, fair, I, fair here. He is, he he's a believer, right? He he's a believer. Oh no, no, he's no, no. He's he's like he is an old school journalist. Yeah, I. I, he's I don't o- know if I'd call him. He he was I one would. of those specialized kinds that would believe very firmly in getting to the truth. Oh well, okay. Right? So he's a dyed-in-the-wool investigative journalist. He's a uh, he's a Chris Hansen, right? He's a Chris Hansen. Uh, well, with less grifting, but yeah. The uh, sit down. Let me let me sit you down for a moment. We got you on camera. Let's uh, let's let's do this thing. That's okay. I'm not like I said with less grifting and on topics that are a little bit more important. Not to say uh, that child exploitation is unimportant, but. We need to prioritize certain things like, you know, we uh, like, uh, for instance, you know, we've got all these companies that are, uh, you know, shutting down Russell Brand where not any of them are asking about the contents of the Epstein client list. You know, it's it's all about priorities. If they were asking about that and also saying to shut down Russell Brand and be like, well, I guess you make a fair point there, but. Well, they're, they're kind of not. But anyway, on the uh, the other point I was making there about there uh, possibly being an organization, uh, indeed there is on that uh, on that thing. It looks like uh, some people have done some digging, and there's um, the Department of Justice has a thing called the CRS Division, and uh, they are well. They're I'll just read you their mission statement. About our mission, America's Peacemaker, CRS serves as, quote, America's Peacemaker for communities facing conflict based on actual or perceived race, color, national origin, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, or disability. CRS works towards its mission by providing facilitated dialogue, mediation, training, 
and consultation to assist these communities to come together, develop solutions to the conflict, and enhance their capacity to independently prevent and resolve future conflict. All CRS services are confidential and provided on a voluntary basis, free of charge to the communities. CRS is not an investigatory or prosecutorial agency and does not have any law enforcement authority. CRS works with all parties to develop solutions to conflict, serves a neutral party. Now, the problem is here, I'll, I'll include a link to the article. Um, here, real quick, I'll throw it to you in staff chat if you want to check it out yourself. But um, what's happened is it's looking like these people have run interference basically anytime. Well, not anytime, but just on the regular when you've got um, stories that don't fit the narrative. Like uh, like that uh, young white boy, uh, I think it was just uh, earlier this year or was it last year? He was uh, just out riding his bike and then uh, he rode his bike in some black guy's yard and the guy just shot him right in the head and killed him right there. And then, you know, there was no reporting on it. Mm. And then, um, you know, like, um, just, just however, when, well, the common media narrative of, you know, whenever something bad happens to a white person by someone of color, that it's, you know, you get reporting on it for a day, but then it's gone if you get any reporting at all. Whereas if you get the opposite story, you know, it's the biggest thing in the world and God forbid it's a white police officer who did something to someone, you know, like, uh, say for instance, you know, uh, didn't help them while they were overdosing on say perhaps a fentanyl and um you know meth mix that they were fed by their drug dealer while they sat in their minivan in uh you know at that place where George Floyd lived because I'm totally not referencing George Floyd cough well you know i don't know it's it's a very strange thing when you start talking about like what they choose and what they don't and why they choose not to report the reality of situations. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't quite understand that. Like why not just be honest with people? Well, that's, you know, that's an interesting question. You know, when you're honest with people, you can actually address these questions and try to come to solutions. True. Yep, and, and, and when you and don't can, have solutions, you have a constant feedback loop of pain, and that's exactly the problem. And pain calls for a response. It doesn't really call for a solution. It calls for a response. It hurts. Make it stop. Even if whatever you do doesn't actually make it stop, at least you did something, right? Yep. But then, yeah, did that accomplish anything? Yeah, you know, probably not. Probably didn't accomplish a damn thing. Probably made it worse. But you know, there we are. But yeah, that's um, that's kind of how it is, you know. And it's um, it's not helped by anything, you know. Like, um, well, perfect example: the uh, the two guys that uh, the two teens, shall we say, out in Las Vegas that stole the car and uh, ran over the one car and then killed that retired cop you know we've got the uh, the one kid he's a black kid the other and is listed as such but then the other is um you know mexican guy uh jesus ayala listed uh what are you talking about here i i'm not familiar with this specific story oh really yeah this yeah oh this was like three days ago 
Um, two kids, uh, teenagers, stole a car. Um, were I think they post? I can't remember if it was TikTok or if it was Instagram, but they posted the video of uh, them just joyriding the car around. They see a car and they sideswipe it just just to do it. And he's like, "Ah, get in, yeah, hit that car," and then they do and hit that car, and then they see a guy riding a bike. And they're like, oh, get him, get him. And then they go, they hit the guy on the bike. It's uh, some 60-year-old. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some 68-year-old well, retired I cop. I anything about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I'm that's... completely unfamiliar with this story. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see if Google will be good to me. Las Vegas hit and run. Will that be adequate? Okay, so, uh, oh yeah, the mother of the teens uh, who are accused have said she doesn't understand how this would happen. Well, obviously you don't because you raised them horribly. Um, oh, oh, a quote from the uh, Las Vegas teen was, I'll be out in 30 days. What? Literally. Here, I'll um, I'll throw you a link to the New York Post article on it. It's it's decent. It's good enough. Drop so basically, they they went around. They they did hit and runs on a whole bunch of people. Uh, one well maybe we know that they did a hit and run on a car, and then immediately after, because it's all in one video that they posted online, that uh, immediately after running into the car, they see a guy riding a bike and go and run him over. Uh, hit him, he hits the windshield, it cracks, falls off to the side, and uh, I don't believe he died at the time. I believe he died uh, uh, shortly thereafter once uh, they had gotten him to the hospital. I mean, I, I can't, like, you know, I, I know you, you have the parent or the kid there saying, I don't know how this happens, and and I do agree with that, but I would also argue that Maybe sitting there and believing that you know you are you are somehow oppressed has has an effect on that narrative building. Sure. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely does. You know, it um, empowers it. To be fair. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my opinion anyway. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, that's that's wholly it. But either way. Uh, what I was getting at there, the one kid, I mean, he's a black kid, you know, no denying that. And the other, uh, Jesus Ayala, is um, listed in his uh, booking statement as white. And we find that very frequently. What, and, did they list a Hispanic guy as a white guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's very, very frequent. And that, that ties into a lot of these uh, numbers, you know, crime numbers and all that sort of thing. Like, um, not long after this, uh, not long after this, as a matter of fact, it was trending for a little bit, white Latino, because, because of this sort of thing, like with uh, Zimmerman, like with this Iola kid, you know, just, just this sort of thing. Hmm. It's sadly common. That's kind of strange. Now, granted, like, I don't have an issue with it. Like, Latinos are white from my perspective. It, well, it depends, honestly. Like, Mexican Latinos, 
like technically I, aren't, but depending on their lineage, might be. Spanish Latinos are. It's like I, it's all I don't so know. complicated. I, look, I, I have I've had friends who are Latino across the board. Uh, I don't know. I I could. It, it's really tough for me because I you know I dated a black girl. I had Latino friends when I was growing up, but dated Latino. Well, wanted to date a Latino girl, and then decided that was a little bit too much crazy for me. Um, that's not to say Latino is crazy. She just happened to be. Um, well, yeah, it's it's only just uh, I think it's like either when you when you're married to Latino women or dating them that they're crazy. Otherwise, I think they're fine. <laughs> Maybe that's Maybe. what I've heard. I, you know, I can't, I can't personally attest. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been, I've, I've cross-racially dated. It's not a, it's not a thing that really bothers me one way or the other. Um, but it's, I, I see, I see Latinos as white plus, right? Like, I guess, I guess that's the way to put it. They are, they are functionally and culturally white in every single way. Uh, there are some people who are really, really deep into their Latino heritage, but realistically, they are uh, for the most part. I, having dated a actual black woman, she has lit, and she was black and black and Native American, uh, so she uh, she had a distinct cultural upbringing that was largely. I don't should I, I shouldn't say largely, but it was significantly different. Like Latinos are like, hey, you sit there and touch on food, uh, and basically they'll call white people pussies because they don't like spice, and you touch on like other Latinos, and if you sit there and you mistake which origin country they're from, they lose their shit. But frankly, that's that's a normal thing, right? Like Asians do the same thing. Uh, Asians and Latinos, and oddly enough, they're they're from a very very similar genetic lineage, but they do the same thing. It's not like it's it's not like end of the day uh, for 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 them, or it's not a surprise if they turn around and decide that uh, you know you need to properly refer to their origin country. So I I don't know. There, there, there is a difference, but they're like, they're like white plus. They're like white, white people with some additional stuff that's not American or English or whatever. Uh, they usually have some sense of, of regional pride. But then again, I have Scottish regional pride, so. No, well, really, fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I, I don't have an issue with them calling them calling them white it is it is always funny though whenever whenever race is mentioned in a negative context uh or whenever whenever the the race involved in a negative context event is black they don't list it um and they're more than happy to to not list that here and i think that's probably more the story yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like if you uh, read a story about an assault or a murder or a robbery and race has zero mention in the story, they basically revealed the race of the perpetrator. Essentially, yeah, which is really funny in a, in a lot in a lot of ways. I like it's sad, it's sad, but it's also kind of funny. Yeah, and uh, you know, bats in chat here, he 
basically is uh, agreeing with oh what you said. Oh my god, Bats, you showed up. Look at that. But yeah, no, he's, he's standing with you. He says, uh, you know, growing up in a uh, largely Mexican town in Colorado, it was basically about uh, the same as Americans, just a little bit different food. And yep. yeah, I mean, honestly, the um, the cultural background is very similar to a, uh, it, it really a traditional is. American background. I mean, you've got... Uh, your, your major difference it, it's is southwest. You know, you're you're adding some fucking uh, some browns and some blues. You know, you're you're basically adding a kind of a, a more dedicated Catholicism than what you find amongst the average white community, and you're adding in spicy food, and that's that's pretty much the yeah. <laughs> or at least semi spicy food, right? I I don't know. I I. I got a, a a menu for for a Thai kitchen place, and and they give you a spiciness from one to five, and I said or one to four, with four being their hottest spice, and I said I want spicy level five. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh yeah, it's like when you go to the uh, when you go to the uh, the Indian place, and it's like, no, 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 make it like you make it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have a Chinese food place that I go to, and when I order my General Tao's chicken, I want my General Tao's extra spicy. They're like, how can you even taste anything beyond this flavor? I'm like, what are you talking about? Spice is a flavor. Yeah, it's called the flavor yeah, of fire. There's spices. I mean, good God, they used to be traded for fucking money, people. Come on. Yeah, like, seriously. Granted, most of those are just, you know, to flavor food with actual flavors and various uh, organic compounds that that re- result in those flavors rather than just straight fire. You know, capsaicin is <laughs> capsaicin is funny. Although you talk about like you talk about the spices, a lot of that's that's like pepper. Pepper <laughs> pepper is this thing that we we have as as everybody's got at the dinner table and nobody even considers it a big deal, but it was a big deal at one time. Oh, sure, that and salt. I mean, salt was money once. Yeah. Literally. Quite literally. Well, you got to think of it like, you know, we, we live in this multicultural society, and I think that's a great thing. Mm. And, and part of that is, you know, tomatoes, which are considered part of part of Italian cooking, they come from South America. You know, same with potatoes, which are part of Irish cooking. They come from South America. Uh, a lot of those those foods do. When we start talking about, you know, your sausages, that's your German cooking type stuff. And your chickens, that's, uh, I think chickens, were chickens India or were they the Africa? I don't know. It's kind of tough. I think everybody's got their chicken type bird. Yeah, there's chickens everywhere, I think. There are. I don't know about the Americas. Or at least North Americas. Well, I think, you know, there were chickens everywhere across Europe. If we didn't have uh, if we didn't have chickens, we would have had pheasants and turkeys. Hey, I mean, so, that's, that's fair. You know, when you uh, when you move from hunter-gatherer society to uh, you know, a cultivation society, there's you're going to figure it out one way or the other, whatever it might be. I mean, shit, you know, you look at cheetahs, they're like two generations from being domesticated. And just never finish the process because they're what? Oh yeah, 
I did not know this. T tell me about this this more. <laughs> Who tried to domesticate cheetahs? Well, it's not so much humanity. Just over the years, they um, they're not as close as domestic cats, but they're they're closer to domestic than foxes. Really? Yeah. Now, that said, I mean they're largely a lot. They're they're a more I, I'd like to use pigeons as an analogy because basically all pigeons are domesticated, but they're wild now because we don't bother with them anymore. But they were never... Basically, the job was never finished. It's like um, when we were in the process of like leaving the hunter-gatherer thing, we were... We had dogs that were better at the job. And, like... Um, a cheetah is a very specific tool, you know? It It is a very specific tool. You so, need it to run fast and take down things. So, you know, I mean, it's going to... It'll absolutely serve its purpose. But there's... Well, they never finished putting in the work because there was a lot of work to put in in the first place. You've got other useful tools. And then, you know, you've got societies kind of coming up around you, so... And nobody finished, but yeah, if if one felt so inclined, you could, I, you could absolutely have a cheetah domesticated in two generations. Really? Oh, easily. How but, so? Who who did this study? I want to I want to know who sat there and said. And it's how gonna, quickly can we domesticate? This is going to have to be entirely anecdotal until I look it up because it's been so long since I saw the legitimate studies. But I will try and find them for you. Let me write myself a note real quick here. Yeah, because that's that's kind of cool that they, they they tried to domesticate the cheetah. <laughs> uh, like I understand dogs and I understand cats because dogs dogs. So so dog versus a human, especially like you know my my dog, which is a husky. If he decided he wanted to fuck me up, he could absolutely fuck me up. No questions asked, right? But I don't. I don't think. I don't think the thought. Like, not only does the thought never occur to him, unless maybe he's got a really delicious something that he's trying to steal. Uh, I, I don't think it would ever occur to him outside of that. Like, he's just, just not that kind of dog. Well, you that's know, he's. Well, that's he's one of the reasons there too, because uh, cheetahs basically don't view humans as a food source. You don't really hear of cheetah attacks. And that really? tie, yeah, and that ties into this actually because because they're such a uh, shall we say specialized tool. Like uh, the Sumerians actually hunted with them. Really? Yeah. Uh, I both did not for know sport that. and for like hunting. Yeah. They, so they've been hunting alongside us for thousands of years, in, specifically. So they're. And and that's that's what it is, but it's like nobody bothered to spend the uh, the time in uh, what you might call the modern milieu to to finish the job, I guess. You know. Really, that's very interesting. Yeah, let me. I didn't um, know that. Here, I'll I'll toss a uh, thing up here from uh, Big Cat Rescue about it. But uh, but yeah, I mean. Um, it was either cheetahs or hunting dogs, and cheetahs aren't everywhere, and dogs are, so... True. You know, 
and again, you know, a cheetah is a very specialized tool. They're, they're really only going to be useful in Africa, south, uh, some parts of south of Europe, like Spain, maybe. You know, some parts of uh, the south of Asia, maybe. They're not going to be a good in a jungle. And the only cat that's going to be a good in a jungle is nowhere near the uh, domesticatability of a cheetah. And that's going to be a leopard. And well, a leopard will eat you. Really? Well, I mean, I just, I just never realized that cheetahs got that far along. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, just one of those neat little. I'm a cat person, so I, I kind of know these weird little cat facts. But yeah, actually, it, it, it would be quite trivial to domesticate cheetahs. It, it would be faster than the uh, fox experiments they did in Russia. Well, I mean, the fox experiments proved essentially that. Uh, you know, gentility or, or uh, uh, that the behavior is genetic. Yeah, at least to some degree. You know, you take the well. We can. This is a fun, fun comparison. So, in that, uh, oh, question: Is that deep frying? Uh, no, it's sausages on the uh, on the stove. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no worries. I'm just kind of curious there from uh, from our man bats in the chats. So, yeah, but I like my sausage like I like my women, black and long, uh, with a nice crispy coating. There you go. <sighs> I mean, if it's got a crispy coating, that's kind of weird. Oh, good, good, good. Only only on sausages, mind. Yes, yes, it is a sausage fest, but it's not Oktoberfest, not yet, not quite. But uh, like I was saying there, you know, um, we can look at uh, kind of the Jewish population of Israel and the way that they were able to bring up kind of the national IQ inside of, what was it, two generations? Man. I don't know. I, I didn't know that they uh, like it. So so this is this is I'll, I'll frequently sit there and say that I, I support eugenics and people get mad at me for it. But that the reality is I just don't see humans as being. Yeah. What What is particularly... wrong with making humans better? Right. Exactly. Now, I, now, I understand. Now, I, now, let's just go ahead and hop in here before we before both of us get fucking canceled to hell and back and. uh I will say that I support positive eugenics, which well, is I... very specific. And I'll, I'll actually spell that out real quick. That is to say that classical eugenics has two aspects. The one is you promote the good, but the other is you destroy the bad. And a positive eugenics outlook is you don't destroy the bad, you repair it. And you also increase the good. So, like, uh, like we can do today. We could end Down syndrome, and it could never occur again. There's a company out of, of Tulsa that has the technology. It's patented. They refuse to use it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they patented uh, some gene sequencing technology. China's doing it anyway. But they've got the technology. They won't do it here because our ethics and morals. It's like you could end fucking Down syndrome. Whatever. My my view is more along the lines of 
So, so I actually think that social programs are a good way to enact it. Um, and that is just simply that I would throw in, if you want to sit there and take advantage of something like a welfare system, that is perfectly fine with me. As long as you sterilize yourself, right? Because I don't think – I'm not particularly interested in promoting a gene characteristic. I don't think we're, we're advanced enough along with genealogy to understand what specific genes do. But uh, certainly the compilation of the person as a whole, if you want to have it easy and the uh, – nothing's on fire. Um and 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 you're willing to trade your reproductive success for that? I think that's a good thing. Well, I suppose that's an option. I don't know if I. Uh, well, actually, I do know. I I don't support that specifically. I think that um, you know there's a better way. You know, we could, uh, like I said, the technology exists. We should we should be actively uplifting all peoples and making everyone better. But that was that was the point I was trying to make there. You know, um, what was it? The collective IQ of like, not collective, but the average IQ of uh, Jews in Israel at the time of founding was something like 20 points lower than it is now. And this was all accomplished just by way of educating people. So I think it's a nature and nurture. But in, uh, in some studies, we've seen that um, like your epigenetic makeup gets changed by your lived experiences. So, you know, the smarter you become, the smarter your child might be able to become. The smarter your child becomes, the smarter their child might be able to become. So, you know, as you make a a healthy person has a healthy child, right? Well, In not general, not yeah. specifically, but I mean, you you get what I'm saying there. So, you know, a healthier person has a healthier child. Well, a smarter person should have a smarter child. I mean, yeah. Any given individual probably does have their ceiling on what they can accomplish. But if you raise that ceiling for yourself, you're also, well, if you're growing closer to that ceiling, you're setting a higher ceiling for your progeny, say. And, you know, if they get as close to that ceiling as possible, then they're setting a higher ceiling yet still for their own progeny. So, well. I mean, um, it it seems to bear out that it looks like that's what happened in Israel. You know, we had uh, we had what was throughout history viewed as, you know, a race of brutish. Um, yeah, we won't. We'll we'll just say a race of brutish folks that uh, actually became rather smart and less uh, more smart, less conniving and. Uh, more thoughtful kind of around the world. Now, is that to say that incidents like the USS Liberty haven't happened and there's all sorts of questions about all that? And we've got people like Jonathan Greenblatt that are making all the Jews in the world like like awful people. But that's another issue. Oh, uh, on that note, um, one of the one of the head international uh, rabbinical people has rebuked Jonathan Greenblatt too. Cause... I don't even know who that is. Oh, head of the ADL. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's, that's that a separate issue. Yeah, just a, just a thing. But yeah, he's he's getting called out by more and more folks because, I mean, he's honestly making Jews look terrible. Just terrible. <sighs> but, speaking of things 
looking terrible. Uh, you um, you caught the story. I think this was last week um, out of New York, where uh, there was a daycare center that was trafficking fentanyl, and like some children died because uh, well, one one kid died. I did four not. kids overdosed. I did not. I have a limited amount of time that I can see the news, That's and fair. that was not one of the stories that came up. Well, long and short, um, there was a daycare that was uh, that was run out of the Bronx, and uh, four toddlers overdosed because uh, they had left Fent on like the playmat. Uh, one of them died. Then, um, then they went in and investigated the place. I've got some uh, pictures from Andy No there, and it's. It's terrible. Like directly under the floorboards are like bags and bags of fentanyl. Like uh, more, well, well more than enough to kill lots and lots of people by way of overdose. Well, so New York is actually kind of unique. That's a fair assessment. No, I mean in terms of child care. So we actually were kind of like a childcare desert, and part of that has to do with the 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 amount of legal restrictions we have on people producing childcare facilities. But when my wife and I were were looking to, we thought we were going to have a daughter, and uh, you know obviously that didn't come to pass. But when we were, it was a three year wait to get into the facility that we wanted to get into. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So it, it's, you know, it, it, this is a, a perfect example of all of the rules in the world don't doesn't put you in position where you actually have better care. Regulations don't necessarily improve the the results and outcome, and it, it's it's in many ways, like so so yes, it's very bad, and I don't want to I don't want to uh you know, minimize this. It's very bad that some kids, uh, were exposed to and overdosed on, uh, fentanyl. That's very very bad. <laughs> let's let's not lose sight of that. But at the same time, you know what the 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 biggest problem is that. If, if those people out there are in the same kind of situation that I'm in out here, they may not be able to move out of side of that child care place because of the rules and regulations in New York. And, and, and the, the crazy part is when you get into those rules and regs, they're not, they're not terrible rules and regs. It's basically make sure you have people who are capable of responding to an emergency on staff. And uh, unfortunately, that, that gets in the way of low-cost child care and easily available child care. And now you have one scenario where a whole bunch of people are actually doing something illicit on the side. They're, they're <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you should – like we should kind of anticipate this. Like who's, who's not going to turn around and be like, ah, yes, I know. Let's sit there and make our child care facility a giant, a giant friggin' uh, drug deal bit but still at the same time well, you just, gotta a, feel bad just a quick update note on there too uh the owners of the shall we call it a daycare uh have since deleted some twenty thousand text messages twenty thousand yeah it's kind of a lot that is a lot 
you know, it 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 seems you could say it's a little sus, you know, a little bit. I I am sure it's more than a little sus. Now, granted, like you get that much that much fentanyl kicking around, and there's there's a reason there's that much fentanyl kicking around. Mm-hmm. So they they deserve they deserve the shit storm that they're about to get into. Oh yes, but it does suck for the parents. It really does suck. And I, I actually feel very bad for them. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair statement. I mean, if things are as bad as you say, then... I mean, yeah, that's... What a shitty situation. What an absolutely shitty situation. Yep. Like... And I don't think there's a political win for this for anybody. This is basically one of those situations where everyone's a loser. The only thing that can be said is if we had fewer rules and regulations, there'd be more options and more market competition. Hmm. True enough. It seems like whenever there are, it uh, plays out better for everybody, you know, because when you've got one shitty place, people can be like, oh, hey, that place is shitty, and then they just fail. Like they should. Well, and that's that's kind of the problem that you have is that I understand wanting to have um, positive verification of ability. But positive verification of ability is not like – I don't know. It, it, it's It's one of those things where – Meeting the requirements is different than meeting the intent. Hmm. I suppose I could see that. Oh, I guess, uh, I guess in something kind of related for uh, requirements and not really meeting the intent, we've got a little bit of an update out of Ukraine. Uh, do you remember the um, the trans individual that uh, took off to uh, to Ukraine and was posting the videos and all that, uh, you know, about how they were uh, being accepted and a squad leader and this, that, and the other? Yeah, if I remember correctly, they've been removed from their position. Uh, well, there's a little bit of a complication in there. Their position, they actually moved up. Uh, they had been made the Ukrainian military spokesperson if you were aware or not, and have, yes, indeed, been removed from that position uh, after threatening that they would uh, hunt down and kill those who criticized the uh, country's government, basically out of Twitter beefs. And so I believe that uh, he, she is in or on the way to Las Vegas nowadays. So there you go. Well, wasn't there, uh, you know, on the Ukraine front, didn't they, uh, didn't the United States government also say something along the lines of, um, or didn't some member of the United States government basically say that Russia won the war? Uh, not current, I think that's, but yes, uh, I think it was Douglas McGregor. I, I'm not sure who it was, but I, I believe that was something that was just said. And we, we've talked about this before where there's there's no way that Russia didn't win this war. <clears throat> yeah, it's and we're, all just we're a matter just of seeing it out for the end, yeah. 
pretty much. Yeah, yeah so, no, that's that's it. it. Really is. And where's where was the other thing? There was something here. I had something related to that. I swear I did. Dang it. Where did that go? I had another interesting story. I swear. There's the... Okay, the, uh... That one's out. Okay. We got... There's the Department of Veterans Affairs thing that's, uh... Promoting abortions. I'll just let folks look that up. What? Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know. You know how they do. Well, did you guys did you see the uh, the thing from Timcast on just a little while ago with Matt Gates? Uh, no, no. Oh, I I recommend I recommend watching the Timcast. So it was sometime last week, probably Thursday or Wednesday of this past week. It's really good. It's really good. I I. Every once in a while, so so I keep on wanting to unsubscribe from TimCast.com, and I'm not proud necessarily that I do, but every once in a while, he gets just great, great people that he's interviewing. He does right? pull some and quality guests. No lie there. He does pull some quality guests. If it was, you know, if it was this level where it's basically some random dude who works for the Navy riffing on bull bullshit, I I would not be I would not be inclined to pay for that. But he he does pull something. So he pulled Matt Gates, and there's actually there's two things that I think are really good in this one. And one was he talked about uh, he talked about UFOs. All right. And what he's seen from UFOs. And he was actually a lot more his his statements were a lot more explicit than what we've seen. Oh, in terms of Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bro, like like I'm always in the the government is lying to us category, but Matt Gates coming out and saying, Here's what I have seen. It doesn't map to anything that I know, right? Like, and he's very, very explicit. And if you happen to know your technology, like his explicit direction is is not is not you know something that is, oh my god, how does this 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 shit work? It's it's a... No, no, no. I get you. I think this. Uh, I think that I'll have to check that out. But I have a feeling it's going to tie into some of the discussions we had around the time of the uh, the Bob Lazar interview and the TikTok thing, and then the uh, Air Force guy on Rogan, which was more of more of uh, okay. Well, if this is real, then do you people realize what that means? It means that this thing moved faster than anything that we can build. And not only did it move faster than anything we can build, it moved faster than anything we can build doing turns that and would that turn is, a person into jelly. So so not necessarily that explicit, but basically he comes out and he says, hey, I'm on the DARPA committee. I know what we can do and I know what we can't do. And I will tell you from my perspective on the DARPA committee 
this is not a capability the United States has, <laughs> right? Like, basically, he says says this is not only not a not a capability the United States has, this is not a capability that we know of that our foreign adversaries have, right? So it's not a it's not a how did they do this? It it is every time we see this report from UFOs and media, it's it's always this nonsense bullshit. But he basically says. You know, I know what we can do, and I know what they can do, and it's not any one of those things. So he's not sitting there and saying, hey, it's aliens, right? But it is very, very specific, and the words that he uses are beautiful. Like, the guy chooses his words really, really well. Matt Gates is a fantastic representative. Indeed he is. I, and it is. I hope that guy's got a long future in politics. I do too, but he is—he is fantastic. He's like, I know what they can do. I know what China can do. I know what Russia can do. And yeah, maybe there's something that we don't know about, but I'm pretty confident we know about, right? Like, yeah, it's like our our uh, unless you're taking into account the shit that Bob Lazar is talking about, then yeah, this is like comparing, like uh shall we say, an F-35 to um, the right flyer. You know, it's like, yeah, they both move through the sky, but, you know, it's not the well, same Well, that's, that's the thing. Is he's like, and it's crazy because Ian comes in and does Ian shit. Right. Oh. And anybody, anybody who knows Tim Cast knows, knows Ian. Uh, well, yeah, but maybe Ian... the graphene. Yeah, <laughs> Ian is like the poster child of people who know who who are really fascinated by technology but know nothing about technology. He's the poster child of that. Um, and and he basically turned around. He he dove into like plasma, you know, laser plasma, laser induced plasma formations, which I I understand what he's talking about. And then Matt Gates says, yeah, except for the fact that I saw on a FLIR image that it is a metallic object. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I saw the exhaust ports. And Ian just does not let go of his, well, maybe it's laser-induced plasma. Well, but, you know, if you <laughs> if you aim three lasers at one point. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what that conversation was like. But that's actually, that that's pretty good. So that was one of the things that Matt Gates talked about. Oh, cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah, dope. And I think Matt Gates also talked about what were we talking about before this? I know we dove on to aliens hardcore. Uh, Ukraine. Aliens are cool. Uh, he talked a lot about Ukraine. He actually did a really good job defending the Ukrainian war, and and it's the same job that I'll do, right? So so as much as as much as I stand on the we should probably pursue peace, and I don't really want to sit there and throw the Ukrainian people through a meat grinder. He was, he was not hardcore against it, and he spoke with a more. I know what's going on, and I know what why we're doing what we're doing. Thing that's not to say that there's no criticisms to be had, but but he spoke on that 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 level. Hmm. Well, I suppose. But that being said, we should not be involved in Ukraine at all. I would like to see every United States asset. Of every variety removed from that field of battle. Well, he he talked about it, and it was what the 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 Russians have already won. Yeah. 
As right, a matter of fact, I saw an update uh, shit late last night where, you know, there had been uh, the Russians had retreated from some of their uh, from some of their fortified fortified lines along uh, Bakhmut, I believe, and just today we're retaking them because a lot of a lot of their moves have been very thought out, and you know, as it's it's a one sided conflict. And NATO is just making sure that more and more Ukrainians die. Well, that's that's kind of the problem. And it's it's a sad, sad event, right? Like and, and I can even I can even understand the US position on this war because if you actually look at what we have chosen to send over there, it's not like it's not like liquid cash. Most of the time we're sending our second or or, our two or three generations removed from our current fighting force over there. And, like, we're not going to use that shit. We're never going to use – I saw one time. Oh, no. To to put it simply, what we're doing is we're throwing our – throwing the shit that we would otherwise have to dispose of to them. And then replacing it with brand new shit because, well, it's it's already paid for. Ukraine has signed off on that they're going to pay for it, so – well, I mean, we were going to buy that shit anyways, right? We're going to buy new F-35s. That's that's going to happen. My uh, my dad was was a an engineer who worked on a component of the F-18s, which was the last generation fighter we have. And it's really funny. You know, you, you turn around and you talk about Top Gun, and Top Gun's talking about F-18s, whereas the Top Gun in the 1980s was talking about our previous generation of warfighter, which was the F-16s. Right. And so every single time that the, the 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 military lets us film what they can do and talk about kind of what their abilities are, at least in a very broad sense, I'm not talking about specifics, you know, it's always the previous generation aircraft. We start talking about we're shipping to Ukraine. It's like two generations ago. We're shifting shipping F-16s to them. F-16s yeah. have been retired. F-16s were retired in the 80s. Right, they were retired in the '80s, and we're shipping that shit to them. It's like, yeah, okay, so this thing could carry a missile and blow up some Russian tanks, and that's pretty good because otherwise, it would cost us money. I I get that. Well, maybe the ghost of Kiev will be piloting it, so you know that'll oh, make, yeah, make a big that's... difference. <laughs> Propaganda wars abound. Oh, only but on, I only on all the days. I the the sad part is that we're grinding Ukrainians into dust. Mm-hmm. And oh, hey! I, update on that. Did you hear? Uh, the draft terms have been updated, and in fact, uh, ladies, guess what? It's an equal opportunity army in the Ukraine now. So that draft, well, it comes for excellent. you all. Excellent, excellent. So you know, Ukraine, a very uh, very progressive forward-thinking place, you know, equal rights for the women's, equal rights and lefts. So there you go. Oh, and another update out of Ukraine. You probably didn't catch this one because it was just, uh, I think it was uh, overnight last night that it came out. Uh, Since, you know, they've gotten rid of their current spokesperson, uh, they're wanting a new person to come in and be a spokesperson. Not so much for the uh, army in this case, but an actual spokesperson just by and large. And you will never, ever guess who Zelensky has um, 
has uh, picked for the role. Y you really won't. I I'm not even going to have you bother trying. Marina Abramovich. I have no idea who that is. Spirit cooking? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and uh, and shall we shall we add a a fun little uh, addendum to that here? Let me let me see if I can find the uh, the actual article. Where was that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There we go. Oh yeah, that's there. There's her spreading blood around a room with a child effigy. That's not the one I was looking for. Do 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 do. do. Mm. Oh uh, yeah, she will be helping to uh, rebuild the schools. As a matter of fact. Uh, she's going to be the ambassador for Ukraine. So uh, she'll be helping out in uh, getting schools built. I'm sure those schools will have very extensive basements. <laughs> I mean, so so I think, I don't know. I, the spirit cooking thing, I understand why people got upset about it. But it was one of those things where when I saw it, I'm like, hey, you're catering to rich people right like there's an aspect of this which and this isn't to say that it's good or this isn't to say that it's bad there's an aspect of this which is a hey let's have a different experience and one of the problems that you have when you are successful as a as an empire as a nation as a human civilization is that you get successful and you uh you, you basically run out of experiences to have Right, we aren't we aren't in a position where our people are fighting to survive, and that's a good thing. Like like that's a, that that is a good thing. So spirit cooking, I think, is kind of this like way of exciting people. That's that's not a particular thing, but it's really weird that they chose her as the ambassador. Mm, yeah, it uh, it is kind of a it's. It's an odd choice. Yeah. I mean, what more can you say about that? It's, it is an odd choice. Her own words, uh, I'll, I'll quote, um, I have been invited by Zelensky to be am an ambassador of Ukraine to help the children affected by rebuilding schools and such. I have also been invited to be a board member of the Babin Yar organization to continue to protect the memorial in reference mm. to a Holocaust memorial in Ukraine. So yeah, it's um, that's uh, that's an interesting interesting choice. I don't know I don't know if you can say anything more about it than that. It's uh, eyebrow raising. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, I mean, it it tracks. You know, BlackRock <laughs> is going to be helping rebuild. You know, you you're going to have uh, Abramovich helping. The kids. I'm honestly rather surprised that the Clinton Foundation hasn't offered up their, you know, services in helping out all these uh, displaced children. I, I can think of no one more qualified at uh, moving around displaced children than the Clinton Foundation. I mean, think of all the experience that they have in Haiti. Hmm. 
I mean, there's the one unfortunate incident of the lady with the 20 kids who was arrested and, and then children were returned to their parents because she had taken them surreptitiously. But, you know, these things happen. This is normal when you're a Clinton. They do. They, they, they do happen. You know, when you're a Clinton. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is uh, it's the way of the world, you could say. And I don't, uh, I don't want anybody to kin foster any doubt that, uh, you know, you're not going to get Seth Rich when you're working with the Clintons. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a dick move, but I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I'll Dick I'll Cheney move. Whoa. It is. It is. I would agree with that. Yeah. That's, yeah. That said, if you ever go hunting with Dick Cheney, don't. Oh, come on. You too can experience getting shot in the face. Well, you know, some sometimes you get shot, and then you have to apologize for accidentally getting in front of the other person's gun on national. Yes, television. yeah, that was the funny part. That was that was the most hilarious part. You know, and I imagine, I I would imagine that if somehow she had survived, uh, that um, that poor Ukrainian woman that worked on the uh, set of Rust that uh, was viciously killed by Alec Baldwin would probably also have apologized for the uh, incourtesy of being in front of his gun. But sadly, she passed. Did you Mm. know that he actually had a couple of live rounds on his belt at the time? Yeah, I did see that they were looking back into that. Mm -hmm. I I did actually see that. That was an interesting... case is... Case is open again. I haven't really had any updates, but the case has been reopened for further review, which is a kind of kind of an interesting thing to happen, you know. Yeah, it's it is it is definitely definitely different. I'm kind of surprised that it got reopened. Same. Um, but you know, power tool, power tool. You know what I think is the most interesting thing this week in terms of political cases is the Lauren Boebert strategy. Yeah, that's pretty great. You're familiar with that, I'm assuming. Uh, give me one second. The thing's being dumb. But, um... Uh, there's so much that happened around her. Uh, well, I'm you're talking gonna about to, the you're gonna have to be theater specific. thing, the theater uh, thing. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much that happened around that specifically. Like, what do you mean exactly? I I just you know I'm just saying that a Lauren Boebert is hot, like legitimately hot, <laughs> and nobody can take that away from her. And it turns out she likes sex. <laughs> and it's, like again, nobody could take any notes from that. Like, you turn around, you talk about the theater thing, and it, everybody's like, "Oh my God, she should resign." I'm like, "Why? This is literally an amazing woman." And if I had, if I was in the market right now, I would be actively attempting to date Lauren Bober because, holy shit! Like every, she is a perfect physical specimen, and she apparently really likes sex. Hmm? I think that's great. Well, and she's willing to vape in a theater, so you know. Yeah, I, I, I really, 
No, her mistake. Her mistake was sitting there and saying she wasn't doing any of these things. Yada yada yada. But yeah, the, the best thing to do there, being entirely fair, would have probably been like, so what? Is it illegal to be a kid in high school now? Is 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 there a problem? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Is had she turned around and been like, "Yeah, I like fucking sex." Like, that would have been the end of it. Nobody could criticize her for that. Oh, but they would have. They're like, oh, what what kind of conservative are you who likes sex? Conservative or whatever, but you know. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing, though, right? Like, that that would have been a, a fantastic, a fantastic friggin' attempt for an attack. Yeah, yeah, no, I won't disagree. Could have been quite hilarious, but... It would have been funny. It would certainly have been funny. Yeah, a lot of these folks don't. Um, they don't have the right comedic timing to handle a lot of these uh, situations. Uh, this might be true. And credit this words might do. Be true. Trump was usually pretty good about responding to these kind of things. He was. He was pretty good about that. Bless his heart. He was an entertaining son of a bitch. Still is. Still is, and uh, will be too, if they're, uh, well, if the world of today is not evidence enough, that guy is pretty well set for 2024. I don't think that they're going to be able to do a whole lot about it. And also... I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I think... Well, I, yeah, um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, they were able to manufacture 22 million votes, so... You know. I figure figure in a twenty two million vote margin, but you know. But, you know, beyond that. But by that same notion, what they're doing with uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., if they keep him off the ticket, he's going third party. And if he goes third party, he's pulling is he? he's already. Has said he, he stated explicitly yes. that he's going third party? Um not explicitly, but he's basically said, I will explore a third-party run. And at this point, with the way the Biden administration has treated him with a denial of the Secret Service and all the other shit, yeah, I'm, I'm quite certain he is. Hmm. Power to him. Absolutely. You know, pull every Democrat away that you can. And when you add that on top of uh, that Trump mugshot... And what looks like today, 20% of the black vote going to Donald Trump. That's a, that's a rough situation. It, it is. That, that is a, an interesting thing all in all by itself. But we take that. That is. You know, we've got, uh, we've got a really interesting situation on our hands. You know, they've, well, just look at how hard they're pressing against this. They're trying to get him off the ballot in a couple of states. They did fail in one, and it was ruled just utterly unconstitutional. Like, you just, you can't do this. Doesn't mean they won't try in some others. True. And I would, I would thoroughly expect them to do so. But, that being said, they are going crazy over this. And they wouldn't be going crazy over this for no reason. I mean, Trump derangement syndrome is a thing, but even still, if you know you've got the lock on this, you got the lock. 
you know, you can be a little concerned, but you got it. You're good. You can uh, walk around like it's Obama days, you know, nothing, uh, nothing's going to go bad or wrong or anything. It's whatever. But hey, oh, and speaking of stuff that's uh, not going to go bad or wrong or anything or whatever, got you a little update out of California. It would appear that Gavin Newsom has cemented his place as the uh, next Dem candidate. I mean, if we're being fair, they don't want Kamala. And they've already signaled they're getting real tired, Joe. And Newsom is pretty good for this. There's talk. There'd been talk, yeah, of putting Big Mike in there. Or sorry, Michelle. But you know, with the um, with the recent stuff that's coming back up from uh, the Larry Sanders interview on Tucker with uh, with the old Joan Rivers crip that uh, keeps propping up inconveniently. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of swinging baggage for Michelle Obama. You could say. So mm. you know, when you've got when you got a heavy package like that of things that people, you know, might not want out there, then, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to deal with, you know? So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, bulge out there on the scene and make things seem inappropriate, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, sigh. That's, that's got to be one of my favorite conspiracy theories. Well, you know, Joan Rivers, she did say something really interesting about that. And then, unfortunately, it wasn't but a few days later, she tragically died in that surgery mishap. But, well, anyway, these things happen. These things happen. But uh, as I was saying, uh, Newsom looks like he's in. Uh, you, uh, were you familiar with the uh, AB 957, the California, the bill where it was going to be like, uh, if you refuse to trans your kids, the state was going to take them from you? I was uh, a bit familiar with it, yeah. Well, you needn't familiarize yourself with it further. It was vetoed by Gavin Newsom. Really? Yeah. So we can say with certainty, yeah, he's looking at that office. Yeah, we really can, can't we? Yeah, there's, there is no way he would do this. No way. Especially not having the day before taken a big loss, which, oh, let me throw out a nice little happy update, taken a big, big loss because of Bruin. And that being, you can't ban magazines. They're a standard part of a firearm. It's under a, uh, what is it? I think it's 10-day hold. But after that, the injunction goes into place, and there's no more magazine bans in California. Oh, sorry, in the entirety of the Ninth Circuit coverage, which is the whole of the West Coast. Hmm. In Hawaii, I think. I believe so. But yeah, that's, uh, and that's, uh, that's one of the key fights there. So that sets a, uh, sets a very interesting precedent for other places, New York, New Jersey, etc. Makes their, um, makes their arguments, uh, all the more tenuous. Well, it's I'm glad that he is positioning himself because at the end of the day, as much as I'm not a fan of Gavin Newsom, I would still rather have him than Joe Biden. And that's kind of like we, we got to kind of take our wins when we can get them 
that, that at least the Democratic Party is realizing that Joe Biden is legitimately worse than anyone else. Uh, now, Joe Biden, or uh, when we start talking well, about not, not Gavin necessarily Newsom, true, because if we take into account the fact that Kamala was right there and nobody's saying a word about her, that speaks volumes in and of itself too. Am I wrong? I don't think I don't think anybody's surprised by that though. Oh like... no! Well, nobody's surprised by that. But if you'll remember the early days, a lot of the talk was she's going to be she'll be in before the year's out. And that's time just, that is true. I'm just kept ticking on, and and then she kept saying the dumbest shit. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's come out that like, oh my god, she might actually be worse than him. And that's, I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's an accomplishment. This is true. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's really something. Oh, but, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, hmm. Yeah, you're a New York guy, not a Jersey guy, so you may not be familiar. Do you know the name Bob Menendez? I've heard of it. Well, Bob Menendez, he's a, he's a guy out of Jersey. And uh, Senator? I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a senator out of Jersey. Big anti rights guy. Hates guns. Like, hates him, hates him, hates him. Like, classic Jersey dude. So it's like, yeah, no, we've, we've got the best system here. We got the best laws. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't own guns. We don't. We don't like those at all. Well, he's uh, since been found to be dealing in international information trade, corruption, uh, gold bars, jackets, stuff with cash, luxury I saw vehicles. That. Yeah. Well, what he's been doing is, uh, at the very least, we know specifically that he's been providing U.S. government information directly to the government of Egypt. Now, maybe others, but we do know that he was directly uh, in there. Himself and his wife have both been indicted on bribery charges. And, really? Uh, both he and his wife? Yes. Yeah, let me That's kind of impressive. Yeah, Bob and Nadine have both been brought up on... Ugh, this stupid thing. There we go. Uh, charges of bribery over their alleged acceptance of hundreds of thousands of dollars in return for the use of the senator's influence to enrich three New Jersey businessmen and benefit the Egyptian government, according to an indictment filed in a Manhattan federal court this Friday. So what do we got here? Conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. And bribes, yeah, uh, cash, gold bars, payment towards a home mortgage, compensation for low or no-show job, luxury vehicle, and more. Oh, with pictures! Mm. Nice. So, like, a cat. Just a jacket stuffed with cash. Man, that is just, uh... That's right up there with that, uh, that one guy out of... Out of Cali. Uh, not Ted Lou. Oh, I can't remember that one guy's name, but he was like super super hated guns and was like running guns to terrorists it's uh mm. just it's just right there with that just so picture perfect 
But there's a there's an interesting note about uh, Bob Menendez. He inspired one of the um, one of the biggest early 3D printing projects in uh, the 3D printing uh, gun community, and that would be the Menendez Mag. It's uh, it was made in his honor because uh, you know because of his utter disdain and uh, hatred for these things. It was a full size, full capacity Glock magazine. 3D printed and made with off-the-shelf components. So you can make it anywhere and build it anywhere. and uh, You can have a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds and it's the Menendez mag. And then, of course, there's also um, there's a version that I think that actually has his name and face on the side, too. Because, really? oh, man, the 3D printing community is just fun people. Just good, fun people. This is true. I have, like I mentioned, I have a whole bunch of toys that I'm currently printing. And on that, there's some... There's not anything like big, big, big that's been happening lately in the um, 3D printing gun field, but just kind of more iterations. Like the latest version of the Plastikov, for instance, they're able to uh, actually make use of the thing with um, entirely 3D print like the um, the rails of course are actual metal rails and the fire control group is the fire control group from an AK but the rest of the thing like uh, the entire body of it they're now printed in uh, like three parts that are bolted together and it, it doesn't even have like the long bolts holding the thing from front to back or anything it's just printed in a couple of different components that are and they just printed in the proper orientation to ensure greatest strength and it's pretty sleek really uh, let me see here I got a picture up on screen but what I'll do is pop over to staff chat and I'll show you because it's it looks cool man it looks really cool I I don't doubt it it just requires a lot of time yeah, yeah, it does. And that said, you've also, uh, for this, you've got to pick up a parts kit, which isn't necessarily legal everywhere, but we're only worried about building these in America. If you want to build something anywhere, you can build the uh, FGC-9, which, as uh, mentioned some time ago, was seen in use in uh, Myanmar. And I believe has shown up in... Brazil, and also in cartel stashes, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So, I mean, it's it's a decent little, uh, like, pistol-type thing. Yeah, you can put a stock on it, and if you really wanted to, you could have it with a switch, and it'd be a perfectly acceptable Glock magazine-fed SMG, but, you know, that's not what it was really designed for. <clears throat> but... You know, it uses an AR control group, so that's all you got to do is drill another hole and put a different control group in there, and it'll go to town. Hmm. Simple as, as they say. But with that, I got a couple of more things I was wanting to cover tonight. But was there anything else you were wanting to get into? No, I just wanted to sit there and really talk about how hot Lauren Bobadares. 
Oh, no, that's fair. She, uh... Can't it, disagree it is, with you. It is wonderful to... You disagree? No, I say I can't disagree with you. Oh, my... I was gonna say, like... You into fatties? Like... <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, I, I never expected a politician to be a fucking 10. And... And hoardy as balls. <laughs> hmm. uh, knowing that Lauren Bobert is is single again makes me want to update my dating profile. Hmm. Granted, granted, like I've also watched her talk a few times, and I am I am not super keen on like she's definitely on the the crazy sexy scale. Crazy. Well. I mean, that's uh, that's why the scale exists. This is this is true. I mean, it's pretty accurate. Although I will say, um, in that that very topmost portion that said this is a man, it's it's actually not always. Probably, probably is, but unicorns are actually real. But they're unicorns. What what what's this? Oh, at the at the top of the uh, the cra- well, actually at the bottom of the crazy hot scale, you know where there is no crazy and all the hot. Oh yeah, that does. Where it's exist. like where this is a guy. It's like well, probably. I I've definitely like I've definitely watched Lauren Boebert enough in terms of, like what she says and how she presents herself. She's nuts. Like. I have no doubt in my mind that you would be sticking your dick into a crazy person, but oh my god, would she make it worth it? <laughs> and the, the theater be. incident just basically proves that. She will she will sit there and say, yeah, I don't know what Do I was thinking, I and then you're like, yeah, I know exactly what I was thinking. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she is the kind of lady that will walk up to somebody that's throwing her out and ask them, "Do you know who I am?" Yep. That literally well, happened. She's also, she's also the kind of person who says, hey, you know what? I'm going to jack off my brand new boyfriend in the fucking theater. Like, sweet. Like, I love it. Oh, speak of, did, you, uh, did you catch her comments afterwards about how she would be uh, checking the political affiliations of the uh, men she dates in the future? Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah, because um, it did come out uh, that this guy was like a, a dim donor or something, and... There was, there was talk of maybe things were a little peculiar, I guess. I, I don't really know what to say, but like it might have been a bit of a setup, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I eh. I doubt it. I doubt it. Like at the end of the day, I think she was doing her own shit, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's really nothing wrong with it. Like I I can't complain about a woman who is entirely comfortable with her sexuality um now granted you know she's jacking a dude off in the theater that's the reality of the situation but i don't think that's a setup i really don't think that's a setup i think that she's just a horny woman there's probably she has a lot of kids i think she she had her first kid at like 16 so she's very much a sexually active woman and very much into her sexuality and my guess is that's part of the problem in the marriage you know i i uh, former marriage i think at this point former marriage she's going through the divorce you know and this is this is she's right about right about the age to be doing that 
Mm-hmm. So turning around and, and saying, hey, yeah, uh, I am sure she's she's got a few kids at this point. Right. So turning around and saying, hey, yeah, so so I have this dude who is uh, who I'm going to the theater with and I'm going to jack him off in the theater. Like, I don't think that's out of character for her. I suspect that's how she got pregnant at 16. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's like, yeah, they generally don't have my accent. I mean, if. No, no, and, and again, I don't have an issue with that. I think that it's great that she is a a. I think it's actually good to have a sexual Republican or conservative icon. I think that's a good thing because the the image that Republicans have is prudes, and nobody likes a fucking prude. Mm-hmm, that's fair. So I think that uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that she she was jacking the dude off in the theater. I think it's, it's a good thing. The only thing I think that – I think that her response should have been, I like sex. What do you want? <laughs> like that's that's what I would have done as my response. Yeah, I, Instead a more blasé response would definitely have been better. Yeah, had she just been like, okay, so I was jacking my boyfriend off in the theater. What what, what do you got? Yeah, she probably – she should have totally leaned into it and gone Trumpian. That would have been – Right. That would have been right. the Right, she – had she turned around and been like, "I like, I like jacking my boyfriends off. I really like fucking sex. Like, what do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> I, I can guarantee you, the lefties would have lost their fucking mind." Yeah, I mean, and... the, the, the thing to do there would uh, to be, I mean, there's any number of responses that are better. Like, so, so what? Like, did did you not do this in high school? Oh, you're jealous. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry. My tits were so big that he was hard. <laughs> like any, anything would have been better. And, and I, you could have people turn around and say, "Hey, you know, it's it's a congresswoman, and she's got this this appearance that she has to maintain." All of those things are true. But had she just turned around and leaned into it and been like, "Yeah, I I was jacking my boyfriend off in the theater. <laughs> I yeah, like jacking boyfriends say? off in the theater. And like, what, what are, are you going to really do gonna, about it? Yeah. Well, you take that. And then you add in, you know, Fetterman and, you know, shorts and a uh, a hoodie as the uh, perfectly fine official attire of a senator now. Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah, come on. Come the fuck on, people. We don't have standards anymore. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I mean, so, so I actually, I, I saw the Fetterman thing and I've seen, I was actually debating my, my my mother's husband um i was debating (coughs) and he's like why shouldn't you have that and i'm like because that's just not the way the society is nowadays like i don't think it's a problem that they they drop the dress code in fact i'm a firm i am a in firm opposition to people who dress fancy to work i think all of you should just line up and get kicked in the balls that's that's just I think the appropriate thing. Like if you happen to be that pretentious of a fuck that you're gonna sit there and dress in a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar suit every time you show up to work just to be fancy, and so that people like you, I think that you should get kicked in the balls. And that's that's just now that's not the way it that's is. not unfair actually. Right? I, like I don't actually disagree with you, but I'd like to interject something, and that is, Fetterman comes from money and has money. That, what he that is, is doing, true. What he is doing is specific. I and and I agree with that. Like, but I will say, as but, an individual, well, well, hold on. 
let me, let me is throw something in on a top profession of that where I get paid very well, I mm-hmm. there is uh, there is no fucking chance you'll catch me in a suit. Oh, that's there fair. is zero fucking chance you will catch me in a suit. And and that is because it is disgusting and terrible. And if you want to start talking about Congress, I think uh, the Congress and the Senate and the president, I am actually offended every single time one of them walks around in a suit. And there's going to be people who are butthurt about that. But the reality is I don't fucking care. Like you aren't better than me. And I encounter people who are managers and subdivision managers and, uh, you know, all the way up to the executive manager. I encounter them on the weekend. And you know what they're fucking wearing? A hoodie and shorts. <laughs> I just encountered a subdivision manager who, by the way, you know, for reference, that's two, two ranks above me. Uh, I encountered one of him and he was wearing a hoodie and shorts on his weekend and if that's what you're wearing on the weekend why are you wearing uh i'm not saying if that's what you're wearing and that's what you're comfortable in on the weekend why is it that you get dressed up for work right i don't i don't understand it and you're not going to convince me that's a good thing so when you turn around and you say hey fetterman comes from money i get that but if he's comfortable in a hoodie and shorts that's fine now would I like to see some level of professionalism? Yeah, probably. But do I think that a, a suit and a tie and the formal dress code that has pr- traditionally plagued the Senate and Congress is appropriate? No, I actually don't because basically that's just another another clothing standard that they're imposing upon themselves to prove that they're better than the people that they govern, and that is the mistake. They should – like if I could turn around – you're familiar with Harry Potter, right? Yeah, I'm familiar. At least enough. If all of those motherfuckers wore Dobby clothes, I'd be okay with that. Like that's that's what they should show up to work in. They should be required to wear rags because they are our servants. They are not better. Well, I don't us. necessarily disagree with that. But like, I, 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 like I the Honestly, sentiment. I would rather hand them a jumpsuit, an orange jumpsuit with a number – every single time they went into work then allow them to be able to afford a suit and wear that in front of us. Uh, now that's a sentiment I can certainly get behind. I, I have no problem with that, actually. I would endorse it fully. You know, I, I would love to see that. In a Senate hearing, all of them are wearing an orange jumpsuit with well, a number. Or not it. even necessarily that, you know. I mean, maybe a blue jumpsuit and red jumpsuits, whatever. No, I, I think it should be orange. Like, like you know, if they're going to be criminals, let them let them be honest criminals. <laughs> let them look like fucking criminals every time they go to work. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't have an issue with. I really truly don't have an issue with them changing the rules for Fetterman. I I agree with you that it's kind of sleazy because he comes from money and he doesn't need to dress that way. Well, no, it's but well, that's the thing. As an individual who has money and never dresses that way at all ever under any circumstances like no no i'm sorry i think that was the right rule change but because you... i want i want our well, I, I want our government to look like me on well, that's, the that's fair that's that's fair. what i want but i, I want to see you... other people who are like me but i would ask you you worked for your money right i did right it wasn't given to you. No, fuck no. Exactly. It's a lot of fucking work. You didn't come from that world where that money is given to you. No. He came from that world where that is 
and where that is that that's the uniform. But, so what he well is, what I'm saying here is he's made a uh, he's made a pointed choice to not only I, be comfortable and whatever, but to specifically buck two traditions. Make of it what you will, I guess, but those I, are the I facts just, of the matter. So so I grew up in if you wanna if you anybody wants to look this up, I grew up in a town called Marblehead. And this is this is the majority of my years growing up. I grew up in in Trumbull, Connecticut, uh, Vestal, New York, and Marblehead. And these are the three areas that I grew up in. Uh, in these three areas, uh, all of them were well to do at the time that we were there. Vestal, New York, has basically turned like the, there's no economics out there in Western New York because it, it's awful. Um, you look at Trumbull, Connecticut. I haven't been there in a long time. Connecticut, I think, is all just a whole bunch of yuppies at this point that feed into New York City. And But Marblehead, Marblehead is old money, and I dealt with old money all the time. The people who inherit millions of dollars, and it's just like a thing. There was one guy in my, my high school graduating class that he, he actually came in, and he was complaining – so he, he was complaining that he had to drive his father's Lexus to work to school every day uh, because his BMW was in the shop because he did donuts in it. That's the kind of people that I dealt with. Like it, it's it's beyond comprehension the amount of money that I saw. I, I, I worked at a yacht club and I got to enjoy – I got laid I think that night. Um, I'm pretty sure sure someone came over and uh, went up on my wife at that time, uh, but but we had we you know I was having sex at a yacht club while while Lynch uh, from Merrill Lynch his daughter was having a wedding hmm. right and they they were doing that out on the neck which is this this really wealthy subdivision so I come from an area that has money I didn't have money but I come from an area that had a lot of money. Um, those people do not turn around on the weekends. They don't wake up and wear a fucking suit. That's just not how these people are. They sh Now, granted, you go into the yacht clubs, they're wearing their suit and their tie in the yacht club. But you catch these motherfuckers on the weekend, they're in gym shorts and a t-shirt just like every other person on the block. You know, we'd have uh, – uh, what the hell's his name? Um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was a New England boy born and bred. Uh, when we had celebrity sightings, that was he was the most common one that we had. He'd go and eat Chinese food at the same place that everybody else ate Chinese food. He just happened to be in the area visiting Salem, right, which is the next town that I was right next to. Um, and 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 you know what? You catch that guy on a on a weekend. You know what he's wearing? Shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, so to but turn you around, catch him on a red carpet wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So that's not the best example. I I I understand that, but that's the point, right? Like, I I hate when people get upset at Fetterman. Like, I I really hate this aspect of the Republicans that they're like, oh, this guy is not going after pomp and circumstance. I I get it. Fetterman comes from money, but just because you come from money doesn't mean you're wearing something other than shorts and a t-shirt. Now, I I think 
that if you were to turn around and have the dress code be completely voluntary, whatever the hell you wanted to show up in, as long as it wasn't the thong and fucking lingerie, I, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, weren't you I, just I, talking about Lauren Boebert? Uh, well, maybe, maybe I'd want to see her in a thong and lingerie. But, <laughs> I mean, really, truly, like, if she called me, I'd be like, yeah, honey, I'm sorry. I gotta go on this date. Um, but, but realistically, like, I really don't have an issue with people turning. This is one of those things. Uh, this is this is probably the longest thing that we've talked about tonight. And it is one of the things that, like, I see people getting all upset about. And I just I couldn't disagree more with all the Republicans on this. Hmm. I really couldn't. If the Republicans were were smart, they'd be doing the Fetterman thing. Right. They really, truly would. I'm not saying necessarily go hoodie and shorts. But oh, did you see maybe, the uh, the Rand Paul image? I did not. No. Oh, uh, he's in a. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's in general. I don't know. I'll, I'll drop the link, but it was going viral for a while of uh, Rand Paul in a red bathrobe on some uh, Romanesque stairs. Hmm, that would be funny. And yeah, it it was an AI image. I'll I'll drop it in staff chat for you here real quick. But it was an AI image. But he commented on it was like I thought I said no pictures. <laughs> and you know, bless his heart, Rand is uh, it really takes after his dad these days. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, again, I don't. I don't have an issue with it. I, I'm not saying like if I turn around and I went in, it, let's say I got to be a congressman or a senator or something like that. I'm not saying that I would show up in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm not saying that. I, I and I'm not saying that it's because of respect to of the office. No, I have now. Would I show up? Let's say in uh, you know a nice sport coat, a nice set of matching slacks, and an anal cunt t-shirt. Yes, probably. I don't think I'd go that far. I, I would. I uh, well, I, no, I, I would, actually, I probably wouldn't. I would probably just wear a shirt that's something like, you know. I'd be uh, so I would probably be wearing a tech polo. Is probably what I'd wear, and you know, <laughs> same fucking thing that I I buy I buy shitloads of these pants, but they're the the hiking cargo pants at Walmart, and that's what I wear to work. Like uh, I get up in the morning and throw on a polo and do that, and and they're they're great pants. They they last a good long while. Um, hey, I'm telling you this, polo and cargos. Well, that that should be truly the white man's uniform. You can't go wrong. Eh, with it. Yeah, like I I don't I'm not I'm not saying you know I'm not saying I'd go sh- uh, you know hoodie and and shorts, but I am vehemently opposed to people sitting there and criticizing him for it. And I understand that it is nothing more than a cultivated image and it's not really like his upbringing. But damn it, man, like I told you guys I'm from money. I, I or not, I'm not from money, but I'm from a money area. Not all of us sat there. And, like the Nobody wall. sat there and showed up to my high school in a fucking suit and tie. Nobody did that. And even if even they came from money, they came from Merrill Lynch, Lynch of Merrill Lynch. They came from those people like 
that's just not how people show up. That's just not how people dress. And this idea that our senators and our Congress people are better than us because they're going to dress better than us, fuck that. Mm, it's well. not a cost thing that bothers me because you can buy a cheap sport coat and you can buy a cheap – like that's not expensive and it's certainly not expensive on that the salary that we give these people. But it is a, a layer of pretentiousness. And I think that stripping all layers of pretentiousness out of the government is important. Mm, I don't know. I mean, legitimately, I kind of don't care. But I would like it if you know we could have somebody in there that respected the office a little more. I disagree. I I mean, and I get that. Like, this is going to be a personal point of disagreement. It's not about respect for the office. It's about whether... It's about whether you feel the office is above the common man. And as soon as you feel the office is above the common man and you're not allowed to wear what the common man would wear on their own time, then you're no longer a representative of the people by the people. You are a representative above the people. And yeah, that's what I, you're conveying. That one I'm going to have to disagree with you on because I think as a representative of the people, you need to... Uh, present the best face like uh you know you would put on your sunday best maybe that's not a suit but you know it's certainly not certainly not a i hoodie and i think that if i don't have shorts. chipotle stains i'm not being myself i don't know i don't know i i think it calls for a uh, certain stature but I, again, I kind of don't care, but I, I understand the arguments of people who care very much, and I kind of agree with them, but again, it's like, it's, uh, my degrees of nuance go a completely different direction than the folks that seem to care so much about this. Like, uh, everybody seems to care about the, um, the offense to the office that it is, and it's not so much that, I mean, honestly, I've my thoughts on the matter are this isn't entirely just a jab at the people who put him there and everything. Just, just kind of a way to spit in the face of the common man. Pointedly. But, hmm. you know, I... Uh, That's an interesting approach. Uh, and I can understand where you come from. But I don't think... Like... Uh, yeah. I'm not... I'm not... Uh, I'm not to the point where I think that like where I don't think that the clothes that you wear are depictive of uh, of social status. Hmm. If that makes sense. No, I understand. I don't know if I uh how how should I I think the job. I guess the thing I could say is that uh, I think the job calls for a bit of a uniform. Eh. Well, to each their own. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's it's not really a big issue with me. It's not the, uh, it's not what he's wearing. It's um, the choice being made. <laughs> the choice being made behind it. You know, I th I think there's a bit more weight to this. And that, uh, I, I bet I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a thing that doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. It really doesn't matter. 
I just think there's a little bit more to it than that. But hey, like I said, if I if I'm right or wrong, really uh, really doesn't matter. It just means that the people at the top are every bit as shitty as I always thought they were. You know, surprise, surprise, right? Oh, hmm. speaking of uh, shitty people at the top, um, don't know if you're aware on the Ken Paxton thing. Right at the time that they uh, put through the uh, articles of impeachment, George Bush renewed his law license. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, since that time, it has also come out that uh, some folks working with the Bush family were uh, helping helping do a little bit of research and you know background stuff with the uh, the folks that were working on the uh, working on that impeachment trial. And well, it looks like uh, Mister Mister Bush was look at it maybe uh, becoming the new AG. But that didn't happen. Which Bush? Um, H.W.? What? Why would H.W. go, Wait, which, go be... Which one uh... was it? Was it George P? It was George... It was... It was George Bush. I can't remember which one. Maybe it was George P. Bush? It was one of them that was uh, looking at getting in there. But either way, it didn't happen. The uh, impeachment fell apart. So that's good. Mm. And funny. Well, I, I again, I still have to go look into the Ken Paxton interview and see what he's saying. I Definitely worthwhile. I'll say that for sure. I believe it. I believe that it would be worthwhile. I, I, I don't doubt that in any way, shape, or form. Well, one of the interesting things that came out of that, which is unsurprising, is that basically he's been on the gag order this whole time. Which would explain, Really? Yeah, which would explain why he's not really addressed any of these accusations or anything throughout. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was part of the whole thing. He was on a gag order, and through a kind of a strained interpretation of the law... They also said that he couldn't work on any active cases or discuss any active cases. So, because this was an active case, he couldn't talk about it. And he also couldn't talk to anyone on the case about it. That was in... They um, they, they were trying to screw him. I mean, unsurprising to anybody. I mean, that's, that's a given. But that it was all kind of well-documented and orchestrated is... Interesting. Unsurprising, but interesting. But where was the other thing I was wanting to talk about? Because uh, there was the thing... Okay, so you remember the chef, um, Obama's good, close friend that uh, died on the, uh, yeah, on the yeah, water yeah. there nearby? Now, where, where is that? There it is. Okay. Yeah, Tafari Campbell. The uh, office of the medical examiner in the autopsy, his uh, cause of death, obviously, was ruled a homicide. Uh, but in the autopsy, uh, cause of death was ruled to be the result of submersion in a body of water. Uh, not immersion. Immersion is, of course, when you're fully immersed. Submersion is just when a portion is. So that means that a portion of Tafari's body had gotten into the water on this paddle boat on which there was a second person, we now know, 
an unknown second individual. We do not know who it is. Uh, that data has not been made available. FOIAs have not really revealed anything. But we do know there was a second anonymous individual on the paddle boat during the time of Tafari having some part of his body, not all, submersed in the water long enough for him to drown. So, in this relatively shallow lake, he had a portion of his body submerged, and for some reason, the other person that was there was unable to provide any assistance at all to get whatever part of his body was submerged out of the water. Presumably. This is the most charitable I can be with the facts of things. I don't know. I think, uh, I think you might have a more, uh, I mean, that's, those are literally the facts of the case. I, I understand what you're saying, but, and I'm not even trying to paint a picture with this. It's just these, this is literally what happened. The anonymous individual did not, or could not provide assistance. But I don't think they've they've implied that there's another person involved. Uh, nor have I. I've tried to... All I've tried to say is that they, at best, did nothing. Yeah, but you're assuming that there's somebody else involved. Well, there is. There How were two people know? on the paddle boat. The other person what? hasn't... Yeah, there were two people... There was him and the other person on the paddle boat. The other person has not been identified. Like I said, how do how do they know that there's another person that was on the paddle boat? That thing makes sense. Paddle boating is a a solo adventure. Uh, let me see here. Uh, paddle boating with uh, a female member of Obama's staff. Uh, let's see here. Tafari Campbell had been paddle boating with a female Obama employee who tried to help him when he fell off and tragically drowned. Hmm. Uh, the woman, who has not been identified, tried in vain to reach the chef to help, was forced to return to shore to call for help. So apparently she did try to help, but was unable to get the part of him that was submersed out of the water. Well, I mean, you, you also... This doesn't rule out something like a heart attack or something like that, right? Some sort of actual medical emergency. Well, and well, and true. If I remember correctly, he didn't know how to swim. Isn't that true? No. No, actually, there's videos of him that were released um, in the last few years because he didn't know how to swim. He had been learning and had gotten quite good. Okay. Yeah, I thought the original release was that he didn't know how to swim. Oh, it was. You're correct. And also in that, that he was alone on the paddle boat, as you had said, because that was the original initial release. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, if they change it, they change it. Now we don't, again, we don't know who this woman was that was on the paddle boat, just that she was there and was apparently unable to do what was necessary to save him. And now we know that some part of his body was submerged. 
figuring his head, obviously. I mean, that's where you breathe from. And that she was unable to uh, get his head out of the water. Why it was only... I don't know. I don't know. That's It's very strange. And this... And all I can say is that it brings up more questions than it does answers. I, I It really doesn't. It really doesn't. You I don't mean, think? No. No, I don't. So, so... So, so I'll put it, I'll put it, let me put and put my, my experience on the line. Here. Square so the circle I, for me, uh, go for it. I, I am, I'm an EMT, or was an EMT, I'm no longer an EMT. Mm-hmm. I don't technically hold the qualification anymore. I also did a whole bunch of first responder courses and water rescue courses and all the rest. Um, one of the things that ends up happening when somebody falls in and they're not, particularly good at swimming he might have been good at swimming but if he fell in and he wasn't expecting to like that doesn't mean that he's calm about it um basically what ends up happening when in it so so you are naturally buoyant there is there is all all human beings should float which is the idea that witches could sink is ridiculous all human beings will generally float what ends up happening is all you have to do to keep your head above water is to be calm Right, you, you fill your lungs with air and you're naturally going to float. And then you can literally just exhale and inhale and you will have to do no effort and you'll stay above the water. It's really not hard. But what ends up happening with people who are uh, concerned about their safety or panicking or they're, they're, they're afraid of drowning or whatever the fuck it is, they basically, when they fall in, they flail in the water like crazy. Um, and they, they present a risk to, to not just themselves, but to everyone else who wants to try to help them. And so uh, when we start talking about, hey, somebody's drowning in the water or struggling in the water or whatever, what the, the, cl- the, the classical phrase of order of operations is reach, throw, row, go. Literally, you take every option that there is available to you before you dive into the water after this person. Because the individual who's in the water and who's struggling to be in the water is a, a hazard to yourself as much as they are to themselves. And so while they're flailing about in the water, they're they're basically decreasing the surface tension of the water because they're flailing about in it. So they're no longer creating that nice smooth surface that you, you float in. They are actively exhaling rapidly, which means that they are less buoyant than they ought to be if they were breathing calmly. Uh, and on top of that, they're also flailing about, which means that if you get a hold of them and you try to like secure them and, and, and help them in some way, shape, or form, they start basically pushing you under. Because when they're panicking, as they tend to do in these kinds of situations, they will attempt to stand on you as you go in the water. And that's why it's always reach, throw, row, go. So, so you, your reach is grab a stick, your... Uh, throw is grab a life you know your, your life preservers which are your little round discs donuts that you throw out there row is obviously a rowboat and going is your last thing to try to save an individual so somebody else being if they have somebody else that they've identified who was out there with him and he fell off the boat and he wasn't entirely con- convinced of his swimming ability in in some way shape or form it's very possible that she attempted to save him and he basically like drowned on his own because he was flailing about, right? And she bailed out and said, "Okay, I can't help you. I'm gonna go to shore." 
And this is one of the things that kind of pisses me off as somebody who does search and rescue, as somebody who is is formally trained in these things. You, you look at like res, uh, what is it, the missing four one one, which was a really popular Netflix documentary. There's like three or four of them out there. I've actually been on one of the searches for one of those cases. Oh, and to clarify, because uh, I might as well, kind of important. The woman was on a separate paddleboard and, according to the reporting, tried in vain to reach him, stating that he struggled briefly and then went under. And that's also possible. Right? Like, if he exhaled at the wrong time and didn't know how to propel himself to the, the, the surface of the water, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. This is this is kind of the problem that ends up happening. So so for for anybody who's listening, if you if you are in a situation which is threatening to you, the first thing you need to do is calm down. Right there. The all of your fight or flight responses are, are generally wrong when it comes to the environment, the the environment. It's much better to take calm, rational stock of what you have your resources and everything else. And if he wasn't doing that, there's nothing she could have done. Right? And, and that's not that's not a knock against her. I'm not saying that that everything was done right in this case, but you have an individual who might have been practicing to swim, who went out there and wasn't necessarily confident in his or her ability. Uh, you have some other woman who's out there with him watched him go under and went to go get help like i have very specific training so i know what to do in the event that somebody's struggling in the water um i've never had to use any of this stuff i've never had to use any let me let me just throw you something real quick and have your thoughts would you say that a mean depth obviously meaning the average of three to four point three feet would be difficult to swim in. Um, don't forget, there's yeah, actually, I would. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'll be honest. So, so we're talking about a pond. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a lake. We're not talking about rocky bottom. We're talking about a muck bottom. Mm-hmm. Depending on his size and weight, if he goes in and it's only three feet. That's not three feet of solid surface. That's three feet of muck, right? And if you step into muck that's fully hydrated, there's a very good chance you're going to get stuck. Right? Like, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I've, I've done. I've spent. I've, I've stepped off into things and it's mucky bottoms. And man, let me tell you, if you want to have a, a good fear reaction, it's, it's a mucky bottom. That, that shit will suck you right in. Let me see here. A brackish coastal pond. Yeah, it's a pond. Guarantee you it's a mucky bottom. A Oh, it's uh, open to the ocean, so it's a sandy bottom. No, that's well, not maybe, how that works. Maybe not. Depends on the distance from the ocean. That's well, far, so actually. So, huh. so most, so so keep in mind, most that ocean inland exposed too. inlets are not sandy. 
No, no, Sand it's, a, is it's only... a little bit back from the beach, so that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it is most, most, just because it has access to the ocean doesn't mean that it's sandy. We like to think that sand is in everything, including the beaches, but that's really only the beaches. And the in, any inlet rivers, streams, ponds, or brackish sources of water are going to be muck. They're straight up muck on the bottom. Yeah, All there's kind of, of a the... sandbar there, too. Yeah, I'm sure there probably is. So. Yeah. I mean, you do make a point, but that said, it's... There's a couple of questions there. Sure. I mean, you, you can say that with certainty. There's There's some questions that deserve answers, and they're being specifically avoided. And that, that much you can say with certainty. What it means. Who can say? And uh, here's another one that uh, what it means, who can say. Co uh, CBDC is refusing to release the updated information on the post-COVID uh, myocarditis numbers now that we're starting to see things that are somewhat disconcerting when taken you know, with that in account. The two of them kind of they don't make for a really good situation, you know, when we're seeing this uptick and what is this turbo cancer in kids and so many other, uh, what is it? All cause mortality is something like 20% up everywhere in, uh, everywhere in the West, basically. Uh, but, uh, I don't know exactly what to say about that. I will include, uh, uh just a link to the, uh, thing about that article on it so that folks can look into it there like i said i don't know exactly what to read into that just you know they've been uh they've lied to us about so much so far and shit, i've got to just share the rest of them with you at this point this the cdc is, is an utterly untrustworthy organization but i have got oh wait no not that where is it I've got something interesting here. I mean, I've got the uh, the one thing where, you know, they've got the uh, California magazine band thing. That's that's awesome and hilarious. But, that, man, I knew I had some other interesting piece of news here, I swear. Where the heck did that go? We covered the Russell Brand thing. Oh, 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 uh, this isn't it. But as we sit today... Uh, let me see here. As of uh, recording, it was the 23rd. So we would be at uh, T minus seven days to a government shutdown. So we'll, uh, we'll be watching to see how that plays. It'll be hilarious one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I'm, uh, you know, I, I always sit there rooting for a government shutdown. I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily rooting for a government shutdown, but I do actually support Gates in his approach to single-subject spending bills. It's a great way to get things done. It, it, well, it, it's the way government get should done. have been run. Like yes. th That's the way things should have been run for a long period of time. You know, we, we turn around and we say, how is it that Trump sat there and spent more money? And it's not just COVID, ladies and gentlemen. It's that he had the omnibus. Now, granted, I also remember him turning around and saying at one point when they presented the omnibus to him, this will never happen again, and then COVID hit, right? And there's, there's not much you can do about that. Um, 
that he's he's not going to sign this again under threat of government. Like, you guys basically better do your fucking job. But I actually do support Gates in his, hey, we're going to shut down the government unless you guys actually sit there and do your fucking job and walk through and vote on individual subject spending bills for the government. Right, and I think I think single uh, single subject spending bills will significantly reduce some of the bloat. And again, if you haven't seen the Matt Gates Tim Cast interview that was this week, it was fantastic because he actually talked about some of the legitimate arguments that he's heard in Congress against single subject spending bills. And most of it is I like, well, if we did single subject, huh? I can imagine they're utter bullshit. Well, he, he raised one thing. He said some guy came up to him and said he's in favor of single-subject spending bills as long as it's a uni- unilateral spending cut, right, uh, to, to, to shave those costs. He's actually in favor of those, those cost reductions. But the problem that he has is he doesn't want a merit-based discussion on these issues because he's got pork in his district. And if, if, if they do a merit-based analysis on anything, then the pork in his district will get cut. And that's that's part of the problem, right? We we have a lot of people who are not operating ethically, because and, and I get it, right? Like there, you have people whose jobs will depend on that, and if you cut those jobs, that's going to be a, a difficulty in re-election. But I think at the end of the day, this is one of those reasons why I always think that one of the biggest mistakes that we made was we decrease the size of government in, in by having fewer – instead of sitting there and mandating Congress people per certain number of thousands of citizens, we, uh, we just kind of kept a fixed Congress. We simultaneously enabled monetary corruption, and we also uh, prevented these, hey, in my district, blah, blah, blah. If you turn around and had more segregated districts, it's not one person managing – a million people it's one person managing 50,000 people well now all of a sudden how many of those 50,000 people are getting that job that the district right next door is is getting that's different right like we we'd be spending money more responsibly well, I can't say I would have a problem with more responsible spending that's that's a definite oh yeah, that's right. Okay, I found it. There was, um, what was the date on this? Yeah, published uh, just the 13th of this month. Um, let me see here. I'll I'll get you a link here in a while, so you've got it, so you can actually look over the study and everything. But um, long and short, I won't even bother with the whole abstract, but the most important part is all evidence resulting from the analyses suggest a unidirectional, potentially causable link with... This, the thing seven, which is whatever, as the cause and CO2 as the effect link is not represented in climate models whose outputs are also examined using the same framework, resulting in a link opposite the one found when the real measurements are used. Long oh, and short, interesting. Where's this? Send uh, this link. Yeah, I'll put the uh, Twitter post in here for anybody to look at. Here, I'll drop you that real quick so you can just... Which I think is also the same thing that I've been pointing to. There we go. Mm. Has this got the actual study? Okay, yeah, I'll get you... Uh, 
Sign in. What? Okay, there we go. Ah, Steve McIntyre post. Yeah, there you go. Alright, yeah, this has got the... Uh... Let me get the actual... Okay, yeah, here we go. On hens, eggs, temperature, and CO2 causal links in Earth's atmosphere. Off of mdpi.com. I'll throw that in the uh, links below so they've got it. And also, there you go. It's in staff chat for you. Okay. So, anyway, uh, long and short, it just kind of backs up the kind of things we've been saying this whole time. That um, the numbers are utterly fudged, to put it lightly. Mm. And uh, you know, well, you'll probably want to look over that. But yeah, long and short, the the numbers have been kind of mm. up and downed, as it were, and just uh, move a decimal well, point it, wherever it, you need so, to, or what have you. Uh, what's What's very interesting about this study, from what I'm from what I'm reading here, is is not necessarily anything that we've actually discussed, but it's something new. Which oh, is this one. they have narrowed. The, yeah, the, this one has actually narrowed the time frame. So we've talked a little bit about in the past how CO two varies, you know, on a on a yeah, multi-century like time scale. Right about uh, the late fifties up until now. Yeah, and this one, this one's sitting there and saying that temperature temperature changes precede CO two changes by six months, which is a much more narrow window than the previous arguments that have been made which is that the temperature precedes co2 by centuries and mm. so this is this is actually kind of important in that regard in that, oh, that it's really? actually focusing on a, a more narrow time frame window it's showing that we can actually we have a much closer cause and effect relationship than we previously had so it's kind of interesting oh okay well that actually be kind of cool to dip into then yeah but that was the that one I was wanting to share with you, and the other is um, I'll just include the link directly for everybody. But there's a there's a number of folks who've been uh, yeah the same ones that are working on that uh, not so promising technology I told you about last week have actually had uh, some good luck with working on uh, vaccine injuries. So I'll include a link to a uh, substack. Which not on so promising technology. The um, adapting the uh, space-based Sterling engine for whatever oh, it was yeah. they're wanting to adapt it for. I can't remember that thing. But yeah, yeah. But I'll include a link for folks to look over on that one. Here, I'll put that in there for you if you want to check it out. But it's. Uh, there's a couple of things you can do to help your body fight out uh, whatever spike proteins might be within it from whatever source. And it looks like these things are being uh, tried out and proved out. And I'll say in my own experience, having uh, gotten COVID and then using a very similar regimen to this, my recovery was excellent and very quick. So take of that what you will. But looks good. 
another interesting update since since we were talking about the F-35 earlier. Everybody knows what happened with that. I'm sure I mean, yeah, there's no way you missed that one either, right? Uh, the missing the missing S-35? Yeah. Yeah, so, I saw Yeah, that. everybody heard about that. Well, uh, what came out uh, what, late last night, we got a 911 call that's reported to be from there. Seems legit. But uh, with that and the other video that we've seen that purports to be that and basically everything that's all the available data seems to purport that uh, we are not getting the truth in that the weather brought that thing down. It's if we're to believe the uh, airman in the 911 call, there was some sort of uh, plane error, malfunction, problem, error. Who knows? He said, uh, I can't remember his exact words, but I think it was, I believe it was plane malfunction. Well, so, so, which would surprise no one. I will, I will offer my perspective here. And my perspective is a little bit out of date, but uh, my father worked on the F04 afterburner for the F18 uh, line, which was the previous generation of fighter, air fighter that we had. And uh, the F-35 was something that he was intimately familiar with. And one of the biggest problems that they had with the F-35 was a lot of electronics issues. And even talking to some of the, the guys who are dealing with submarines nowadays, that that's, that's where we are, right? The United States has invested very heavily in electronics and electronic uh, information and, and transmission in the last few, few, few decades, few generations. And, and so that's where our problems are. In terms of fighter ejection, I also happen to know somebody who actually used to work for FEMA, and their principal job was – well, they didn't work for FEMA. They worked for a private subcontractor, FEMA, FEMA hired out to basically go clean up plane crashes, specifically fighter jet crashes because they happened all the time. And there's a couple different things that ends up happening um, – here you know it's really funny to tell the story of how the government lost their own plane that's a good chuckle everybody gets a good guffaw out of it and i'm i'm no no different right uh but the reality of the situation is that the government actually like pilots bail out of planes fighter planes all the time and that's because fighter planes are actually like the technology that empowers fighter planes is legitimately at the limits of what human beings can handle Right, the next generation of of fighter aircraft will not have a human pilot. It really won't. Most most likely, unless we come up with a radical invention that sits there and allows for us to handle our human systems in these planes. Well, we these do things actually. Turn um, in, what are those um, pressure suits? Like, they, like they, they have do, to wear those but, in certain planes because they go too fast and they will squish you. They they do, but the and and. But at the same time, like when we talk about those pressure suits, those pressure suits don't like make it okay, right? They make it less bad. So so without the pressure suit, you would die, and that would be bad. With the pressure suit, you won't be able to walk for a couple days, right? That's that's kind of the difference that we're talking about here. We're we're talking about planes that are turning at G forces that are beyond the human body's capability to handle. Right, we're we're designed for one G. We evolved for one G. These things are turning at six G or ten G. Oh yeah, on, yeah. I mean, on, you would you would actually basis. have to take off people's lower legs to make them able to pilot these things. 
realistically yeah now there are actually some flight suits that were experimental a long time ago maybe they've used them and they were uh basically it was essentially wearing a waterbed and so what would happen is these flight suits would have vascular tissues in the exterior of them with water uh or something that was slightly more dense than than a little bit more typical water and so when you took pulled a high g turn all of the fluid in the suit would go to these lower your lower extremity regions just like everything else and so you'd have pressure there that wasn't in other areas and so it was basically this this kind of like a a fremen still suit in space kind of thing it was it was really kind of cool but i don't know whether they, they decided to adopt that technology at the time they weren't so so what ends up happening when you start talking about having pilots in these planes which are able to do things that the pilots physically can't well what happens when your body shuts down and it thinks it's about to die well <laughs> fuck it goes haywire right and so these pilots they'll they'll eject they'll eject basically like they'll do a high g maneuver something that was very experimental and and part of the reason that we do these things in training is to allow pilots to experience the sensation of what it's like to be in a life and death situation in actual combat but sometimes what ends up happening in these training drills and these training situations is the brain malfunctions not because anything other than the planes are literally doing what the body can't handle and so the pilot will eject and when they eject out of their plane their plane goes and does whatever their plane was last doing now in when we see this this kind of scene in top gun from the 1980s the top gun plane spirals out of control it falls in the ocean and it was like legitimately it was losing altitude control but if you happen to be in a situation where, let's say, you, you know, you're in a lower oxygen environment to begin with, and on top of that, all of your blood is rushing to your legs, well, your your brain may sit there and say, "Hey, I, I I'm about to die," and you're going to pull that eject eject cord, right? And that's basically what ends up happening: is these pilots they eject and they're done. Like that's that's it, unless they 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 can prove the plane failed. Uh, and it wasn't the pilot error; it was the plane error. These pilots essentially go on medical leave, and they are they are retired out of the the navy or out of the air force or whatever else it is. So, for a pilot to come in and say the plane had an error, well, guess what? That's in the pilot's best interest to say that. No, that's true. And now, Whether, I, I won't disagree with you, and I will say that everything you've said here is worthwhile and adds a lot to the, to the conversation, but. We have some video, and if the video is real, you know, caveat, where uh, where it needs to be, if the video is real, then that wouldn't apply. It, it really does look like it was it was just flying normally, it eject, he ejects, and then it just kind of goes for a ways, and then noses just a little, and then just goes down. Maybe. No. Is Maybe. the video I... real? Don't know. But I if that would, video is accurate, I would be willing to bet you that the pilot ejected because the pilot felt like he needed to eject. Well, obviously, uh, he did. it was it was it was regardless of the training exercise that was being being undertaken at the time, and it is in the pilot's best interest to claim that it is the plane that failed, not the pilot, because if it's the plane that failed, if it was an actual technical issue with the F thirty fives then the pilot is gets to keep his job 
And if I won't disagree with you, and I'm not even calling any of that into question, but again, if the video is accurate, I I understand. And also, we do have to take into account the F-35 has had quite a few teething problems. Let's be real. It has. And it it wouldn't surprise me if it still has quite a few. Uh, Still yet to be resolved. It it is. When we start talking about They wanted way too much out of that thing. They they kept adding to the list and adding to the list. And no one said no. The F-35 is. It's a flying fucking Bradley. It, it is it yeah it is it is an amazing piece of aircraft. It has stealth capabilities. It has long range logistic capabilities. It has an electronics warfare suite that that most people would would beg for. Um, the F-18s were were really really specialized. So you'd have your F-18 fighters and your F-18 attack and your F-18 E wars. In your F-18 E-Wars, their, their job was basically to fly in and light up every single SAM site. They wouldn't light up the SAM site. The SAM sites would shoot them, and they were just filled with enough countermeasures to survive. Uh, so those, you know, my, my father used to tell me that those guys had balls. But they kind of put a lot of that stuff into the F-18s, or the F-35s. So so these are really, really amazing planes. They, they are really amazing planes. Um that being said, they're also ridiculously expensive, and in order to, we're pushing the level, we are pushing the limits of our technological and metallurgical capabilities with these planes, right? That's that's kind of the thing. So so I I kind of lean towards it was pilot error, uh, and I kind of lean towards the pilot ejected when he you know because because he was doing something pilots aren't meant to take. And he is coming in and saying that it was a plane problem because if he doesn't say it's a plane problem and they haven't recovered the, the, the black box yet on the plane to find out what the fuck happened, then he has a much better chance of not sitting there and getting his medical discharge papers and having to go look for a real job in the real world where all he's been trained to do and all he's wanted to do likely for a very long time is fly these fucking things. Now, right? let and, me throw something at you. There was something going around on 4chan. Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, that there was some small arms fire that was uh, directed at the plane that might have caused this to happen. Again, they would shut that one down real quick because if small arms fire can take down an F-35, oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, God. I mean, Woo! it could. But, it could, but it would be lucky. Like consider consider for a minute that these things are flying at like Mach two, right? Yeah. They're flying at at, at faster than and that that you would have to you basically you would have to time your shot so far in advance of the plane for it to even have a chance of hitting. It's not even did small arms fire take down the F thirty five. But uh, just saying like, that that's out there. I just wanted to put that out there because that is something that was going around. I'm just offering it's more likely that it hit a pigeon. <laughs> Entirely possible. But there's something else that is undeniable. And that is um, the Chinese delegation came to the UN just recently. Um, last week or the week before. At the same time as uh, this occurred. The Chinese delegation was allowed to park their jet at that airfield for days beforehand. 
Mm. What does that mean? I don't know. Did something happen there? Could have. Don't know. Was there a Chinese jet parked there for days with flight crew? Yes. What does that mean? Don't know. But now you I mean, do too. It would be it would be very embarrassing to the military. Yes. If, if horribly so. China sabotage the plane. Well, right? e- either be... of the two things I just said, either of them is a great big fucking embarrassment. Yeah, and that's that's I I I would be more willing to believe that the Chinese used electronic attack mechanisms on a fighter jet than I would small arms fire. Yeah, I mean, would anybody again, be surprised I, if a if a PR a PRC jet has electronic warfare capabilities? Really? Right. Like I will I will offer that knowing somebody who used to respond to these things with FEMA it happens a lot. It happens all the time. Pilots bail out of planes on a regular basis, and nine times out of ten, it's because they're in a low oxygen environment and all of their blood's in their legs. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the easiest scenario. Yeah. Now, but in we'll terms to, of the F thirty five, in the event, in the event that the F thirty five disappeared from the government radar and the government can't find it, think of what a hell of a plane that must be. <laughs> Like there's, there are more logical explanation if he was doing, um, if he was doing, map of the earth flights or flying below radar level, that would actually also explain it. Like the plane would crash because he was literally flying at, you know, like a hundred feet above the ground and the radar literally can't see him. Um, and that's that's basically the point of those exercises. And those exercises are probably terrifying to the human brain. But I would be willing to bet good money that it is a mixture of pilot error and or just. just I guess. Normal, well, I mean, really, incidents. we'll. If we get an answer, then that means it was probably pilot and pilot error. If we don't get an answer, then that's going to make things more interesting. So I would be willing to bet you that if you don't get an answer, it's pilot error. You think not? I would. I. Because because so so when they turn around and when it's pilot error, these guys get retired. Well, and sure, sure, not, sure. But I would think that, that would be something fault. that it's that would want to be publicized. The Navy, the Navy knows this. The Air Force knows this. The Marines know it. They know that it's not the guy's fault for failing on the mission. But they also know that they can't sit there and put multi-million dollar pieces of equipment in their hands. No, that's fine, and I understand. Just I, I would be if it was me, and I had to sit there, and if this was my crewman, I would be doing everything in my power to prove that it wasn't his fault. And if it turned out that it was his fault, I would still sit there and basically say it wasn't his fault and give him his discharge papers because otherwise, that's that's pretty awful. Hmm. I guess we'll just have to see if more information comes out on it then. That's really right. all. I mean, that, that really you, is all we can if do. If you don't hear anything, I would bet you it's pilot error. If you do hear something, they'll tell you what it is. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I suppose we'll or see. Or at least if it's if it's plain error, they will talk about it. If it's Chinese espionage, they won't. If it's pilot error, they probably won't. And if it's small arms fire, they definitely won't. If it's small arms fire... I I actually like I would love to see them sit there and say that because that would be brilliant of them as a tactic because small arms fire small arms fire was lucky and it, and actually managed to knock out this jet 
it would truly be a question of luck. And I would love to sit there and convince the Chinese that they can actually just shoot at these planes with small arms firing. Hmm. I mean, there is some comedy in that. There is. There is indeed. And speaking of comedic things, I guess I could... I should throw this one out there, you know, if... Um, what's the... What does it say? If... Um, if taking all guns away saves just one life, it's worth it. I mean, that's... Or something along those lines. You know, we've we've all heard that, that saying, right? Well, if deporting all illegal aliens saves just one life, can't we... Can't we think of the innocent people that have died? Mm. Mm. But yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know if I've got any... Uh... Oh, yes, I have got one more piece of happy news from, uh, from uh, the area of Kenosha. Uh, that would be uh, one Gage Grosskreutz, um, uh, the fellow that was notoriously disarmed by... Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, and uh, we we can just say uh, an explosively ballistic fashion, uh, found himself uh, in front of a car. That's all. And then he found himself on the ground. And uh, that's kind of funny. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, he got hit because he was crossing the street when he shouldn't have been. And somebody else wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> no much more to a story than that. Um, what's the other funny thing? Oh, Kamala Harris has uh, invited uh, Quavo, the rapper, to uh, to speak on gun reform. Yep. Really? Yeah. We uh, we we have what you might call an unserious administration. Yeah, that's probably true. <sighs> and, um, well, I don't know. Do I have any other good stuff to end? I, I, I don't guess. I, let me just double check my list here. Nah. Oh, um, I got something that's just kind of funny that I'll include for everybody. It'll be the last link in here. It's from, um, I think it's Ed Krasenstein. Basically, just uh, Ed saying that. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't really believe in any of this shit. It's just you know, I I do what I do for money. Which you know should surprise no one. You know, evil being evil for money. But hey, there you go. Oh yeah, I do have a good other thing for the end. Uh, it would appear that uh, the miracle drug ivermectin is doing other miraculous stuff. It looks like um, a, a pairing of ivermectin and. Let me see if I can do this right. Fenbendazole is uh, very effective in the treatment of uh, various cancers. It mm. seems like this uh, has come out since the uh, pandemic, since there's been a lot of just kind of eyes on the uh, just the topic of ivermectin. There's been a lot of look in that, and it's uh, looking pretty promising. So... I I will let you know if more comes of it, but that said, uh, quercetin's pretty good for you. So mm. you know, maybe consider adding that to your uh, to your regimen. But hey, this is neat. So 
we're making a lot of progress. Uh, maybe we'll get that cancer moonshot after all, huh, Joe? Maybe we will. <sighs> well, anyway, I did want to close it out on a couple of good news bits. I think I've had a couple of decent ones for everybody there. And I guess with that, we should have Craig back soon. Uh, he's been was busy doing stuff. It happens. And with that, you can find my man Steve here at Ratman720 at all the places. Uh, feel free to send him messages and requests and monies and gifts and all that. They are all accepted. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, I'll never turn around and say no to money. Well, there you go. There you go. So uh, I will question some gifts. If you somehow get my address, I'm going to... Mm, yeah, could be a national security issue, so there is that. Uh, you can also feel free to send me monies and or gifts. Um, monies are a little better also, but gifts are fine too, as long as I can resell them. <laughs> okay, shouldn't have made myself laugh so hard. Indeed. Uh, Teehee. But, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm Evan, at that fake guy Dan everywhere. You can find Craig at... Uh, CraigBob99 on uh, Twitter or X if you like and the other places as it is do please share the show and the links with everybody we're available on all the things like and subscribe I get no comments so leave some freaking comments and help out so we can make this the biggest and best dissident science show that ever did exist because it should be because it is and with that be well, people. Talk to you soon.